Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a Another week of Hidden 4G Radio. This is episode 562. For. Is this actually going to click in? It is July 1st, 2019. Oh, shit. I forgot June was a 30 day month. So, um, yeah. July 1st, we're here. It is the week of our Independence Day. And Canada Day. Is Canada Day this week, too? Canada Day tomorrow. You guys just couldn't stand to let us have a week alone, huh? Alright, the world doesn't revolve around the States. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't live here. (laughs) There's a reason why they hand out diabetes boxes cereal in the States. You know what? It's because we have a great time down here. (laughs) It's because they're trying to get rid of you all. Nah, they can't. They can't get rid of us. But... They gave, July us, 1st. they gave us was hamburgers it, with donuts as the buns, and we're still here. They gave you hamburgers where the the buns were the chicken. Yeah, and we're still here. Um, and it's uh, it's not a thing where we just like arbitrarily chose July first. It was based around the July first, uh, eighteen sixty seven. You know when the Constitution Act was signed. You know. That um, in America we have a place that serves burgers that people have died in. Oh, that's the big one, right? Heart you attack. Have to, like, sign a waiver for heart attack yes. burger. Yes, I've always wanted to go there. I've been to Vegas several times, and that's always been on my bucket list to go, and I just never get around to going. That's the place where if you weigh more than what is it, three hundred and fifty pounds, you eat free. Steeds, that's. They still can't get rid of us. We're like cockroaches, man. That that's just I I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I, wow. I, I'm sorry. That I knew that they. I knew. I didn't realize there was like a. If you're over this wide. You eat free. Yeah, yeah. It's um. There's a lot of oh, weird shit. things about that place. You have to wear. Well, you don't have to, but you can wear like a, a hospital gown. And if you agree to it, if you don't finish your meal, everything you order, you get spanked. <laughs> Why the fuck would you want to go there? It's a novelty thing. I mean, yeah, you don't have don't to. Know. You have to agree to get spanked. You don't. They won't. Well, I would it. assume they don't just bend you over the table. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh yeah, bad boy. Thanks. Uh, the names of the burgers. Um, so instead of like 
double cheeseburger, triple cheeseburger. They're called the double bypass and the triple bypass. It's one you have to eat with a fork and knife because of its size, right? I don't think they give you knives and forks. Of course they don't. I think you're just, uh, you're supposed to eat with what God gave you. You know, your hands. (laughs) I... I'm dumbfounded at this. You, but you kind of want to go, right? It's kind of like a... Well, you know, here's the worst part about this. I want to go, but not to eat the food myself. Just to watch fat just people eat food? watch the fattest people in, <laughs> in the world. And, like, just gorge themselves like, oh. I should use that image for the podcast as a picture of, like, the... What do they call it? The octuple bypass is the biggest burger they sell. That's so wrong. See, the problem is, is if you order that, and it's expensive. It's a, it's a, it's a very expensive place to go eat. But like, if you order it and you don't eat it, you might get spanked. You know. I mean, I'm sure it costs about the same amount if you just wanted to get spanked, and not get a meal. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that. Well, wait a minute. It is Vegas. It is probably legal there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some dude with a fetish. Like, the, the list of things that are not legal in Vegas is the more important. Yeah, it's the stuff that's it's not so, legal, it's really bad stuff. It's small, too. Yeah. It's like probably like four or five things. Vegas is a, is a very gross town. You, you feel dirty. You can't be there for more than like a day or two, because then you just, I mean, you're just ruined. It's I've heard gross. it described as by a comedian, um, do you want to eat uh, pizza? Every night, all the time. Yeah, he's like that grows very tiring. Mm-hmm. Two days in, it's it's a place that is just a constant, like stimulation to your brain that you just cannot handle for more than a day or two. Yeah, it it, it is a place not to go to the strip if you go. Yeah, well, I've walked it, um, and it's Ugh. it's very cool, like to do it one time, but that's all you got to do it, man. That's it. Like, it's a... It is very loud. It is very bright. It is very gross. <laughs> I want to go to the pinball museum. Yeah. It's, it's also... It. The only reason I want to go to Vegas. It's, the best thing about going to Vegas is when you fly in on the plane, if you look out the window and you look at it, it is literally like this giant neon peninsula surrounded by brown desert. It is cool to see from the sky. Uh, thank you, the mob. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we're moving this out to the desert where no one will get us. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. But yeah, every time I've gone after one or maybe a day and a half, I am so ready to get back on that plane and come home. It is, That's it's, me anywhere. Yeah, it's just too much. But it's uh, like Vegas is like that times a thousand. It's just you want to come home so bad after a day. Anyway. um, Video games. As I was going to say, getting away from uh, parlor games, let's talk about video games. Uh, And as as you can tell, we tried to get everybody on the show again, and Ryan is out. You have to settle. Drew is, (laughs) yeah. People are going to stop listening to the show. It's like, just these two fuckers? I don't like these guys. Yeah, we're we're the least likable on this show. (laughs) You know what? That's okay. You guys can turn it off now, because we're going to talk about video games. We're talking about good video games. We're going to talk about video games right after. You. If you, if we didn't disgust you with the burger talk, well, 
Congrats. I don't. Well, I guess it depends on who's listening. But a lot of people are probably like, man, I want a cheeseburger now. That's kind of mean. I, mean. I can't. I can't deny that. Yeah, I. I kind of want a cheeseburger now. I've been going to Taco Bell too much because they got the nacho fries back. I don't go to Taco Bell. We've had this discussion before. It's so good, though. It's so good. Anyway, let's talk about video games. Yeah. What do you play? Anything that you can talk about? I know we still can't talk about. Yeah. I played. um, Well, I actually haven't started that up, uh, so I'm going to. Um, I just wanted to get the reviews I have that were in progress because I reviewed Bloodstained. Yeah, because I still can't play it. Can't play it. It's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, um, it's a great game. Uh, it's a shame that it has come out in in the way that it has. Um, yeah, because we well, last time we talked about it, the Switch version was not out, and the Switch version is now out, and apparently that had. A whole mess of other problems. Yeah, to the point where that was actually unplayable, like yeah. at all. I've seen some screenshots of that. Yeah, um, I mean, like the frame rate in that game is not good. I'm not even talking the frame rate. I oh no, the visual the visuals are not great either. But the frame rate. No, but I'm not even talking that. Like I watched, I looked at. It was like just the skybox loaded. Yeah, that's great. So there's no... Yeah. It makes me um, sad, because this game is so good when I played it. This game is spectacular. Um, there are two issues uh, that I bring up, and they're they're of the same uh, ilk. Um, the first one is a moment where you are directed to go talk to a character problem with this game is you it never really distinguishes what's a necessary conversation and what's just a lore building conversation so the way that those conversations come up is you go and you visit the person the alchemy uh, guy or the shop when I'm visiting the alchemy guy or the shop I want to use the shop. <laughs> not talk about lore. So, I kind of don't pay attention, because I'm just like, I just want to buy the thing. And you mentioned talking to a person, but I had already talked to that person, and they didn't say anything. You actually have to have that conversation, and then go back to them, or whatever. That's that's an old school game design, where, where characters that you talk to regularly will give you new information, and a lot of times I'll thumb past it myself. Yeah, um, and no one reminds you. Uh, This character has already served a function in the game, but you go back to them, and it allows you to access another area. That that one's my own fault, I suppose, for, for necessarily not... And you know what the worst part is? I retained the information, but I assumed the way it was said... I assumed I'd be triggering of an event where where that character would like it would be very like obvious that that character like exits the room that they're in or something. That's the way I took it. Um, that is not the way that they were saying it. So I was like, okay, 
Um, the second one, however, is a bigger issue with this game, and um, again, same same sort of uh, unclear design. Um, and this one I actually hold them fully accountable for. So the idea in this game is you kill enemies and get shards, and the shards are equivalent to anybody that's played um, past Castlevania games, particularly Aria of Sorrow or Dawn of Sorrow. They're the equivalent of the demon souls that you get. And so they give you different powers. And most of the time, the powers that you get um, sort of to go further into the game, instead of having an item that does it, um, in Symphony of the Night, they're all artifacts or whatever they actually call them. Uh, These are just normal shards, um, but they usually have their unique color. And so I would have assumed, if I have to go underwater, I would need one of these, I think they're, like, white. The um, boss shards, one, right? Sorry? Like the boss shards, like when you fight the yeah, so state glass? Yeah, so the bosses all give, you, all give you powers. Now, some of those are colored shards. Like, there's one that allows you to travel along a beam of light. Um, and it's part of the standard aiming uh, shards. You can aim certain shards in, using the right analog stick. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that if I'm getting a swimming shard, I would get it from something important. Where yes. do you get it? You get it from a standard enemy, and it has its standard drop rate. So I actually killed one of those enemies before and didn't receive the shard. Well, I thought I thought the shards popped out of the enemies depending on how many of them you killed. That's kind of the the, the idea that I got from playing the, the. I mean, that very well could be, but it seems to be random because uh, I kill. Like like you can receive the same shard again, right? So it seems at times completely random, but maybe you're correct. I, I I'm not sure. It, it, that's just the way that that was just clear. the cadence that I got them. It never specified that, but like after I would kill something so many times, it seems like it would drop one, and then of course you can power. And they're all them. different yeah. for sure. And you can because sell they're... them if you don't want them and all that stuff. They're they're the if that's the case, they're all they all have different numbers they have to reach before you get one. Yeah, I mean that would make sometimes sense. Sometimes I killed like one enemy and it gives me their shard right away. Um, sometimes it. Uh, I kill. I have to kill a ton of them to get it. I think they. I think they are drop rates, because there are some shards that are harder to get. I wonder if that was be... changed in the patch that I never got. Because I never Maybe. ever. The only time I got a shard it immediately different. Was when I beat a boss. Feel, it did feel different. Based. You're probably not crazy. It did feel different um, when I uh, when I played the original. Uh, version before I had to restart. Um, anyways, the underwater one, to get it, you had to kill a standard enemy. That's hilarious. And it's an enemy that's in water, where you don't really have full attack range. Like, if if it was like a toad, because there's toads in this game. Of course, of course there, there is. There's toads in every Metroidvania game. Uh, if that was the case, I would have gone, alright. Right? Because at least it's an enemy on land, and it, but it's not that... It's Sorry, it's just a mess. Like I, I'm sorry I'm stumbling over my words. But 
I can't understand why that would be the way they deliver that power to you. Now, there is a power that expands upon it after getting that, but I just was so irritated by the fact that I couldn't figure it out. I stumbled upon it, but it was like the second or third of those enemies that I killed. If you don't kill those enemies, how are you going to know? No one tells you. It's it's, it's one it, of the worst parts of this game. And it's weird that that's the issue, but I like this isn't the this if this was their first time out. Like if this was uh the game designer's first time out doing like this type of game, I would forgive them. But this is from the people, well, from the guy who helps popularize this genre or format of video games. He didn't make this mistake before, to my memory anyways. It's such a weird design choice, and I'm still not sure why they made it. Um, other than that, I've been playing the sinking, uh, sorry, sinking City, not Sinking. Um, that's a weird game. I don't know how to feel about it. It's, it's janky. It's a... Sherlock Holmes-ish game, but it's a survival horror game, and I'm not sure what they're trying to go for for tone, but the character not reacting to things, kind of breaking the, the game for me, because like he just doesn't seem to care or be surprised enough. Like, Resident Evil 2 came out earlier this year. These are very different games, even though they're both survival horror um, but you know, Leon responds accordingly to to the world, and the main character in this that's the for the first time seeing like these eldritch beings crawling around and is ha- losing his sanity at times doesn't seem to show any emotion. And I'm like, okay. And there, there's a okay, there's a um. Uh, Lovecraft was a racist. Like the H.P. Lovecraft was racist for the time, and I think that speaks volumes to how racist you have to be if you are racist for back when racism was just the thing. <laughs> like if other racists are going, man, you're a little racist. An <laughs> issue, um, and that was Lovecraft, like notorious. Um, and you can be thankful that he never made any money and wasn't famous in his time. Uh, if that bothers you, uh, you know, karma's a bitch. But at the beginning of this, they're like, hey, look, this takes place in a certain time period, and we have the choice to either pretend it never happened, or, you know, acknowledge that people of color were treated poorly. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad they said it outright. That way somebody can't go and say, ah, they were, you know, they didn't show it, or, uh, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And they just did the Warner Brothers method of saying, like, look, this was a reality, and we're going to address it. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Warner Brothers had Whoopi Goldberg um, introduce the old Looney Tunes cartoons um, because some of those are very racist, while Disney just buried them. Yeah. Well, the the alternative was Disney, who's like that was never happened. Like, yes, they did. Yeah, Song um, of the South is is something that did happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those characters were always from uh, 
Splash Mountain. I don't know what you are talking about. What? Never huh? heard of uh, Never, right? Yeah. Zippity doo dah, so, huh? Oh. <laughs> um, but I mean, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be interested because not only does um this game sort of deal with uh different, I don't know what to call them, species of people, um, because there's like fish people sort of like ape people, and they're fighting. They don't like each other. And are we still um, talking about the sinking city? Yes. So there's ape and fish people in this game. Well, they're both based off of Lovecraft. Um, the Innsmouthers are people that have, like, fish faces and, like, gills. Um, okay. I'll be 100% I will... honest, I know nothing about Lovecraft. I just know about Cthulhu, and that's because people talk about it. I've never read right. or done any yeah, of that stuff. This is dealing... I'm sure they dive into Cthulhu at some point. Haha, <laughs> dive. <this> Fish people. <laughs> um, this this definitely deals with other parts of Lovecraft's stories. Um, the ape people are from a completely unrelated... Like, doesn't really... It's not really in the Cthulhu mythos. Um, uh, so that... I, I, res- I suggest um, reading... Oh god, it's got multiple names and I don't want to spoil the... But it's it's commonly referred to as the white ape. Um, anybody wants to know the story of why there's eight people? Um, the the thing that I noticed though was that while they they talk about the Innsmouthers and the eight people who I can't recall um, the Throgmortons because it's a family. Um, the Throgmortons and the uh, Innsmouthers that those kind of have like a racist vibe to them, but there's black people. And white people, and the way that they show racism, and I, I swear to God, it was like, okay, this is a bit. I'm just walking down the street. And there's a white guy just beating up a black guy. Mike, okay, um, what the fuck is going on? And then walk a bit further, and there's like more canned animation of a white guy just yelling at a black, or not even yelling, just hitting a black woman. And I'm like, all right, now this is a bit. Like, they just had a flood, it's raining outside, and yet somehow everybody's outside just being racist. Um, oh, there's a, two people fighting over what appears to be a backpack or something. Um, I was like, okay, like, the city is populated, and I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be, and it, it's really weird, and there's magic stuff that happens, and... It doesn't, I don't know, it wants to be that Sherlock Holmes game, but then it clearly wants to be a survival horror game. And the two parts are pretty good, but they don't click together well. And it's just the whole thing seems like, why Why did you do this? <laughs> Including the the blatant racism on the side of the road thing. I'm like, what, what is going on? Was that warning just so you could do this? Like, uh... <laughs> oh, and I played, I played the Contra Collection. Um, forgot about that. I played the Contra Collection. I suck at Contra. Everybody sucks at Contra, except for those guys that don't suck at Contra. It, yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how to write the review about it because it don't like it's too much to just talk about every game in there. Sure, it's, sure. It's it's when I did the Castlevania collection, it was more about what games are here, 
you know, yeah. what features and, are here and things like that. Um, the the arcade contras get a lot of flack. They're they're definitely not as good as the NES games. Like Super C and Contra are better than Contra and Super Contra from the arcade, hands down. Um, I'll tell Super- you the one thing that I've noticed about these Konami collections. Man, those Genesis games are super underrated. Well, Castlevania okay, Bloodlines so is I'm good. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say I would have before they updated it to have the Japanese versions in this game. I would not have recommended this bundle. Um, so you, I don't know why, but you only get two of the four Probotector games. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, there's more because I think the the Game Boy game was Probotector as well. You only get two of them, and I don't fully understand why, but I want to say it's because they have the option to play a 50 hertz mode and a 60 hertz mode. So you can either play it in the original PAL format or the NTSC speed, which is the same speed as the Contra. And there's a blatant difference when you slow it down. Sure. So I want to say that's the reason why you get those two versions and you don't get the NES games that were Probotector and Probotector something or other. I I want to say it's just two, but it's probably not. Um, And I mean, they're just graphical changes where they change the the characters to robots. That that's it. Um, but uh, the Genesis the Genesis titles um, are, uh, are unfair. Uh, well, Pro, Super uh, Probotector for the Genesis and uh, Contra Hardcore are horribly unfair to the point where I'd say they are unplayable. That's why um, you got to put cheat codes in. It's not even that. It's they. <laughs> Purposely changed that game because of rental markets to the point where you, you, it's built around being able to take, I think, three hits or something like that in the original Japanese version. Can't recall. It's easier. The Japanese version's much easier because it's built around being that game and they removed a certain part, a portion of that. I want to say it's three hit points. Hmm. Um, but the, the, the hardcore is, is impossible. Um, I always so thought Super C was impossible. The This is worse. I um, never got off the first stage of Super C when I go back and play it now. I can the, at least beat I, the I first level. I can't even make it halfway through the stage of Hardcore. Oh, see, I can I finish the first level, maybe two of Hardcore, but I can't even finish the first level of uh, Super C. It's Super C so, is so hard. That is true. Um... But they, they gave you the Famicom version of Contra, and then that was kind of the original as you got that. But then they added the Japanese version of the, Gen- uh, the Game Boy game, the Genesis game, um, the two arcade games, and I'll just kind of go through. the So the arcade games, they allow you to switch to Tate mode, which is the vertical screen mode, which is how those were played originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not turning my television. <laughs> I can't. Right to play one Contra game, so I'm sure that's great on the Switch, but uh, it doesn't fill enough screen. It is hard to look at the arcade games on the screen, and the options for the view are like, do you want to stretch this out to fill the whole widescreen? No, it was built vertically. That looks awful. I can't make out what anything is anymore, and there and there's no option to kind of fill the screen vertically with the image. Yeah, I have problems with that. Get with with the other games to some extent. Like, it fills most of the screen vertically, and it just... 
doesn't feel like it takes up enough uh, screen real estate. Um, the the Famicom version of Contra is slightly easier, I think. It felt slightly easier, but it has a bunch of extra animations. And man, that is the better version to play. Watching the trees move and stuff, it's it's crazy. It it feels wrong. It feels like somebody like hacked the game, but that's just the original version. Um, the Game Boy game plays great, and I can't believe how good the Game Boy game runs on the on the TV. Holy shit! The ability to turn on like the actual sort of pixel lines and change it to the pea green from the Game Boy. Um, it looked fantastic. Uh, I kind of want a Game Boy collection of some sort for the television now. Um, yeah, the uh, Castlevania Castlevania has two Game Boy games on it. Yeah, the Adventure Adventure Two, Simon's. Yeah, whatever. it's such a weird thing to be playing Game Boy games on my 4K television. Yeah, it just it felt good, but the Contra game runs well. Um. And that's, I mean, I kind of covered everything. Everything else it plays really well and how you'd expect. The thing that uh, made me laugh, though, is I started up Probotector for the Genesis just to kind of see um, difference. And in the in Hardcore, when you change characters, the faces morph into one another as you go through character select. There's, cause there's I think, four characters to choose from. And in Probotector, they change all the faces. But there's a moment where you can see a human face as it changes into another character. Um, and it's a really neat technique, and it must have been a ton of work to do. But they didn't change the, the actual morph animation too much. So you still see one of the characters from Contra Hardcore. I mean, sure, same engine. So. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's literally the same game. Yeah. Change the sprites. But it, it's just it was it was funny to see like oh wow like they were they could not change the morph animation fully um, because they they do they remove like all um, people from those games so they could sell them in Europe. So. Oh Europe and you're killing people rules of the nineties. Hey, if you wanted to sell it in Germany, you had to not. There was a bunch of strict rules. I mean, wait till the future when robot genocide will be the bad thing. Yeah. Well, you know, they covered that in Mankind Divided. <sighs> Synth rights are human rights. Okay. Yeah, we've we've told this story a thousand times. It's part of science fiction lore. Yeah. That's it. Alright. Uh, I played a few things. Uh, I picked up this game called Venture Kid. Yeah, you were telling me about that. So I don't, I didn't know this game. Like, there's so many indie games, and this just goes back to the whole. There's too many video games, and I can't keep track of all of them. Um, and actually, I saw it was Indie Gamer Chick on Twitter. Um, which if you don't follow her, that's a great thing to do. She gives out free indie games as long as you tweet about them. But she was playing it. And I was like, this looks a lot like Mega Man. Like, classic old school Mega Man. I'm like, I'm interested in this. Is it actually good? So I kind of did some research on it. It's been around for a while. I think it was released in 2016. 
uh, on the PC, but it recently came to Switch because everything comes to Switch. And that's... I joke about the Switch all the time, but I actually like it that everything comes to Switch because a lot of the stuff that I have glossed over on Steam for the past five years, like... The, well, the good to be stuff. Fair, it's not you glossing over. Well, it is me because I completely uninstalled uh, Steam. I well, okay. I was gonna say even if you have Steam, to some extent, it's a can't, it's terrible curation. You can't gauge with all. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. it's just a bad system to, to find stuff. And to be fair, the Switch is not any better. So I'm kind of watching things bubble up to the top that people talk about. Um, and this was one of the things that kind of bubbled up. So I picked it up. It was only like $7. So it's not like a huge investment. It's kind of like Gato Robato. I bought it because it was like $6. And I played through about five levels of this. I think there's eight total, uh, which would make sense. It's a Mega Man game, eight bosses, eight weapons. And that's exactly the the structure that this game is. You go level to level. The difference here is, is you can't pick which level you go to. It's literally in a linear fashion. Um, so you go level to level, each one is themed, like there's a volcano level, an ice level, a jungle level, a desert level, like, and at the end of it, there's always a boss that you fight, you get its weapon, um, and then you move on to the next stage, and it's, I mean, it is, it's Mega Man, but it's not Mega Man, let's say it's not Mega Man 8 or 9, it's more Mega Man 1, (laughs) Like, it's very simple, very basic. Um, the enemies are, are easy to learn their tells, their moves. It's not a hard game. Um, and it's just scratching an itch right now. That, like, like Bloodstained was scratching my Metroidvania itch that I'd had for so long. This is scratching the Mega Man itch that I've had since I finished 11. Um, and it's really good, and it's really cheap, and I just... I was just shocked that it just bubbled up out of nowhere, and I'm playing through it, and I like it. And that's that's the stuff I like is when I discover a, like a game that is actually good and not. Somebody tweeted at us about this later, but so many games nowadays have these. They they seem to be running on a theme. Like is it a bunch of buzzwords that completely turned me off of video games anymore? Roguelike crafting, procedurally generated. Well, I mean, that's the roguelike is used as that yeah. sort of term. Now. It's just mm, I don't I just sometimes it's I just like a pure mm. video game experience. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it boils down the mechanic. That's the reason why I like got a Roboto. Um, to the yeah, point where that's... I almost feel bad for giving the score I did. It just it felt like I, I think back and I'm like it's such a small portion of my time. It was like this should have been longer. It should have been a bigger impact with me. But um, I feel bad about giving it an eight point five. I feel like I should have given it a nine. Um, anyways, uh, it, it was it was one of those experiences for me. You know, same with uh, Bloodstained. It, it it's just like this. Oh yeah, this is what this formula should be. We got so far away from the stuff that we loved that it's just, it's weird. We moved so far from the light of God. <laughs> no, no we, um, it's a weird well, there's thing. There's a game yeah. I was about to say, like, hey, have you tried 20XX? And then I remembered, like, oh yeah, that's procedurally generated. 
Yeah, that that kind of stuff just like it totally turns me off when I see those descriptors in a video game. It's like this has roguelike or this has procedural generation or this has something like MMOs a lot do that to me. Like I think about how much bullshit that those games pack into them and then I think about something like Final Fantasy 14 that was just like everything in that game just felt right. And I've heard people say that about WoW too. I've never I've never gotten into WoW. But like you see all these other games try to capture that and do what those games do and they just end up so boring. I booted up uh, Black Desert last night because it had a bunch of updates and I just kind of wanted to see where it was at. I'll do that a lot of times with those free-to-play MMO games. I'll just boot them up kind of see where they are. And I played that game for 30 minutes and literally did nothing but run from back and forth between, like, the same two points. And I'm like, that. who thought that was fun? Like... Yeah. I'm just like, if <laughs> you're going to... I, I totally understand that. I hate it, too. And it's like, when I, I remember the first time I played Final Fantasy fourteen. like, the beginning areas are very clean. Like, the direction of where you're supposed to go is very clear. The quests actually interest you because they have Final Fantasy lore in them. So, like, they're actually well-written. Um... They do a good job of, like, one of the things I hate about playing an MMO is, like, when you're running in the opening area and there's, like, 6,000 people there so you can't tell who you're supposed to talk to because it's impossible to, like, get your cursor on the right dude to talk to for the... It's just... So many games do it so badly. And it's just... It's insane to me. And then, like, you'll hear people talk about, like, well, you know, when you get about level 50 and you get, like, 60 hours in, man, that once you, Yeah, I was going to say, once you get, like, 40 hours in, it's a very better time. Like, oh, okay, because uh, I just have 40 hours to dump into this See, that's, find out if it's any fucking good. That's the one thing that I think <laughs> has changed in video games is so many people like a slow burn intro now. Dude, I was the I was the product. It's one of the reasons why I love Final Fantasy VII so much. That game starts off with a bang. Yep. Then it slows down, and that's fine. Get me invested in your game. Get me invested in your characters and your world. Then slow it down and tell me a story. And even then, I'd argue... You know, I, I'm one of those people that gives flack to Seven for just kind of reiterating the main key moments from Six. Um, it, seven does not slow down, really. I mean, it's got slower-ish sections in comparison but it's, to the rest of the game. it slows down compared like, to the intro, but, yeah. Right, but like, you know, you're always, you're always going somewhere. Yeah. Which I realize is, like, Final Fantasy VI and stuff does that too, but it, it always was like, okay, we're off here and something is happening here. It wasn't, okay, we are off here and then, well, you're going to have to travel some more. And that's partially because of the limitations at the time, but, you know, it, they didn't want, they couldn't keep sending you back and forth to places because then you just have issues loading discs, but it's, I appreciate that game for not doing exactly what you're complaining about now. And yeah. I don't mind a slow burn at the beginning. I don't. Um, I have an issue when that slow burn, though, is... like Because, like, I'd argue two hours is slow burn. Mm-hmm. Fucking 40 hours in is bullshit. 
Yeah, it is. That was a problem I had with DC Universe Online. Like, I'm a huge DC fan. And no, really? The DC Universe MMO, like, that game doesn't get good until you max level. And I just couldn't do it. I I just I got so bored with the fetch quests and stuff in that game. Well, I fucking hated Destiny. Yeah, Destiny's another game that the real game starts when you hit so much lighter. Whatever the fuck. Off. I'll tell you, it's scary. So so let me get this straight. You had me play a game that was defend a point each and every time to then play a game. Like what? Are you dumb? Front load your games, people. Most people don't finish games anymore. Yeah. I'll tell you it's one true. that was scary. Um, that did This was God of War, the new one. Um, if you've ever played a God of War game before, it always starts off with like this big bang. And this yeah. new one... And, and uh, I'm not the only... God of War 20... What was it? 2017? I don't remember. Um, it's one of the best games of this... Yeah. One of, it was one of the best games of this generation. Yeah, there's no di- there's no denying that, but there's a lot of people who, when they start that game, they're like, "Eh, what 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 is this?" You know, it's like, and it's a weird change coming from something like God of War three that starts off with this massive opening, and it's kind of what you expect. And I respect the guys that made God of War. That game is incredible, but it definitely turned a lot of people off. Like, some people, when they start playing it, they're like, what is everybody talking about? This is kind of boring. And it takes about an hour to get that game going. So, when people talk about spoilers, this is, this is, sort I I have a point, I promise. Um, Just say, don't spoil God of War. (laughs) No, but if you started up that game blind, and not knowing what type of game that was going to be. I could totally understand that. I, If I started up that game, I probably would have been the same way. But from talking to people and listening to some of it, not a lot. I didn't want that game uh, spoiled particularly. But um, when I played that game, I did it because I heard it was like Zelda in sort of the structuring of the world mm-hmm. and how it plays out. And I was curious about playing it because of that. So when people talk about spoilers, and yeah, you don't spoil it, and then they do with other things because you know, PlayStation Four share has scared has spoiled more games. Yeah, well, <laughs> Nintendo Switch share does um, too. It's awful, um, but sometimes you just need that little push, right? Because unfortunately, the game doesn't give it to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of. Uh, There's a lot of games like, like that that have a real slow burn at the beginning, and you're like, "Is this going to be good?" And you kind of got to get into it, and it sucks because I remember game. It's just like what we were talking about earlier about games just kind of being pure. I kind of like those games that just kick off with a like, "Oh, here's Doom. This shit. it's in your face." Yeah, Doom Twenty. So, so actually using two two games from the same publisher because technically it only makes Doom, and then uh, Machine Games makes Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein Two. The new Colossus is very bad at this because arguably the first half of that game is a slow burn. Sure, you're shooting stuff, but they have you so hindered in the first half, and then the second half is a far better game. 
Oh, the first Wolfenstein, the first level is not good. Uh, the the original you're talking uh, the the machine games one yeah that yeah, first that first I, level I, is nothing like the rest of the game <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's a weird thing because people play these games and developers should know this just from achievement and trophy data that as you go through the game you watch that percentage of who gets those trophies drop off and if your first level is not, hey, draw me in, get me into this experience. And draw me in with something that's actually representative of the game. The only person that's ever done that is not representative of the game that I think draws people in more because what the fuck is going on is near. Yeah, but it Nier starts off with a game. shooter segment and you're like, what the fuck? But you want to know. And, and, okay, one of my biggest irritations, and I hate being the person that says, oh, you gotta play it some more. Uh, is I know someone that played the first, it got to the first ending of Nier and said, eh, it's fine, I liked it, but I'm done. And I went, so hold on, you liked it, but you haven't finished the game. Like, you, so you, you didn't like it. Like, just admit you didn't like it. Like, To be fair, like, Root, Root B is not great because it's no, a lot of the same you, stuff. Uh, it plays different enough, I found. It to, does, to but you're long. still looking at a lot of the same well areas. Yeah, I mean, but like it was a weird thing to. It was a weird thing to hear, and I'm like, if you'd start, he he didn't like he didn't even start up Ruby. If he'd started up Ruby, I would have gone like, all right, well, you you have have to deal with that for another five or six hours. So that's totally up to you if you want to drop off. Um, but like, yeah, just saying, like I got to an ending, and that is. That's fine, but you if you if you hated it, I would have understood. But you're saying you liked it enough, but you're done. And like, did you not find any of that intriguing? Because like, if in that case, like then like Bayonetta is going to be your jam. This is clearly you like the combat, not the story. But like, it, it was just such a weird thing to me. But I hate being the person that goes, "Oh, you got to play for forty hours or whatever." But at the same time, like. Just seeing, like, I saw an ending. Like, I finished Bloodstain by that account. Like, I saw an ending. Like, you know, that's, I'm not going to be like, and I'm done. That's kind of unfair. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm close to being done. The map, the map percentage says so. But I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to yeah, get past my 21 percent that I was at. It's just, I, I don't. Yeah, game design today is got some weird decisions, and yet you're right. Like getting away from the pure design, like that's the reason why people love Sonic Mania. You know how much story is in Sonic Mania? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Those <laughs> are the kind of games that are like. I feel like there's almost a renaissance on it's on the verge of breaking again. Of like, hey, we need to go back. Like it's, it's we're like the dude from Lost. We got to go back. <laughs> got to go back to when video it, games were were pure and simple. Like. A fear I legitimately have. Doom Eternal. Yeah, I worry about that game sometimes. That it's it, trying to be more than it needs to be. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to do something with it. Like, I'm hearing about going to heaven or something like that. And I'm like, oh no. Uh, yeah, Doom 2016 because... was almost perfect. They just need to make... 2016 was was a masterpiece. The character doesn't give a shit what's going on. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck your story. I've ripped the monitor off the wall. <laughs> ripped the monitor off the arm and throw it at the wall. 
don't break this, I'm breaking it. Fuck you, I'm hitting the button. Like, yeah, that's exactly what this character would do. Fuck off, I'm here to shoot and kill things. Exactly. Perfect. Yep. Um, trying to think. Uh, I didn't play any more Judgment. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this when I when I'm ready to just go whole hog. Um, I've played a couple of games I so, can't talk about. So can I just talk about Judgment for a second? Did you buy it? I tried to. Oh, okay. I went to eat. So I have the Yakuza games physical. So it's one of those. If I'm 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 now at the point where it's like if I'm going to engage in digital, it is. Um, but if I'm not reviewing it, I might go physical still. Because, you know, I, I like the fact that the Yakuza games sit there and don't get played. But, um, <laughs> but like, I mean, legitimately, it's just, it's it's one of those things that's, like, a series I like having on disc. Same with the East series, um, Sonic games. But at this point, like, Doom, I don't know if I need a Doom physical and stuff. But, like, there's other series that I'm like, yeah, no, I want that. I actually want that on my shelf. Um, but I've reduced still a lot. Um, I went into two or three EB games. I want to say it was definitely two. I just can't remember if I asked it the third one. None of them had a copy of Judgment. I don't know what happened, but like I could walk into stores and buy Yakuza, and apparently, like, yeah, they're like, oh, you pre-orders. Uh, okay. And so all I can say is, while GameStop, um, the, the American owners of EB Games, um, is clamoring for, you know, survival, I walk in, try to be a customer, and they were like, yeah, we don't have that. What? Are you fucking kidding me? The game came out today. Well, like in their defense, when I, I used to work there... Um, that is a game that would probably not sell a lot. So the last uh, thing listen, you, the last thing I you want is, is stuff on the shelf that you can't sell. I I totally understand that. I I get it. Like you know, I walked in and they had one copy for 3ds back when that came out. Yeah. Um. I totally I I understand getting niche games in and having like a, maybe a box which is like six copies. You know, you're getting exactly the amount for pre-order. I understand that. Um, I'd understand that if they weren't pushing the fucking game on their shelves with, um, the, like, before it came out. Let me tell you, you go in now and they're like, yeah, this came out. It's like, there's no copy. They'll, uh, advertise the Guacamelee collection. (laughs) Um, which, okay. I mean, I really wish I didn't have a physical copy of the first game then, because they're both now on one disc. Um... But it's just like it was such a weird thing, especially when they they were like the only people carrying Yakuza for a while. Like it's just it was irritating to walk into a store in 2019 and go, "Hey, you're a game store, so you're going to be the only people that carry this. Do you have this? No. All right. I mean, like, if it was not for me, if it wasn't like a um, a niche market that already had like some sort of anchor in society. Like it's it's from the Yakuza people, and the Yakuza games sold well. You know what I mean? 
Like, the last couple games were not bombs. You know, but they carry everything that NIS America puts out. Like, fucking, are you kidding me? Half this shit sits on your shelves and collects dust. Because everything looks like Disgaea, and Disgaea is the only thing of quality for the most part. <laughs> fucking, are you kidding? It's just so annoying. And then, yeah, of course, they have, like, Disgaea Complete 1, or Disgaea 1 Complete. Like, yep, this has been sitting on the shelf because I'm the only person that's touched it, judging by the layer of dust on it. Yeah. Fucking hell. It, it's just, it's so irritating that they'll carry... And I'm not, I'm not trying to reduce people's opinions to just garbage, but it's just, like, those are titles... NIS pollutes their own market with the amount of crap they put out that's very similar. And it's not, I'm not talking Disgaea, I'm talking like the other weird RPG stuff they put out. Um, and so here's a game series that has been doing well the last couple of years, and then they don't carry the new thing. Like, you know, how hard is it to put a sign up that says, like, from the creators of Yakuza? I don't know, it was just an odd thing to, to have, because I haven't had that issue in years. Unless it's like a very niche title where I'm like, do you have the new Jake Hunter game? And the what the fuck are you talking about? Accurate response. I understand that. This is a game I don't understand why they didn't have. Sorry, it just it, it, it's weird to hear a company go, we're going out of business or we're screwed and we don't know what to do. And then I'm like, well, maybe if you fucking sold games. Well, well I don't think that <clears throat> particular sixty dollars is going to save GameStop. No, you're correct, but like it, it, you know, how many people ask for that, right? Necessarily, I'm sure. I know it's not the same amount that'll be asking for Call of Duty. I'm not so daft. No, no, no. But it's still a but, game that has no name recognition to it. But it's a game that that does have some series clout. So Walmart, I'm surprised Walmart carried Yakuza titles. To be honest with you, because they did it over here, but Walmart's not going to carry Judgment. They, they just aren't. Like, it, it, it's not something that they will generally dive into. Because they are moving away from that. They'll have the one odd game on the shelf, but the rest of it's mainly big names. You know, you got your Crash Team Racing and the Spyro Collection. And well, Walmart's... And Call of Duty. Walmart's... They're weird. Over here, like, Mario Maker's $10 cheaper at Walmart. It's It's weird. Like, games at Walmart are a lot cheaper. Like, I saw Mortal Kombat 11, 10 bucks cheaper, like, day of release. It's weird. I wish that was the case. But anyways, it was just, it was a weird thing for me, and I just, I wanted to bring it up because I was kind of irritated that I couldn't, you know, find a game that's new. And, like, it's one of those games that may not have a second pressing. It probably will, but it's just, it's one of those weird things where it's like, this was obviously popular enough to sell out all your pre-orders, but because they don't usually, unless it's a very obscure game where there's going to be a very small run like J.A. Hunter, they usually don't send just one copy to a store. They have like one for the shelf and then fill their pre-orders. And they, nothing. Two stores definitely didn't. And the third one that I was in definitely didn't have any on the shelf. I just can't past because I was busy that day doing other stuff too. But Yeah, just... I, I hate to say it, but I know everybody really hates GameStop. It's going to get more and more like this. Physical copies of games that you want, they're going to be harder and harder to get a hold of. Yep. 
I, and, you know, I get it. I'm a dying breed and probably for the best, but it's just, uh, like, there's, I remember the reason why I stopped going to an EV games slash GameStop in my old city because the microplay, yes, we had one of those for anybody, um, familiar with that brand. I know that there was some in New York at one point. Um, I went to the microplay because microplay could get me stuff too. Like they would actually order, like they could get me games that were very obscure that they weren't going to carry originally. Or uh, they'd have copies come in of obscure games because they know their market is people who play video games. So they're more likely to be in this. Like you don't get as much foot traffic. Like these aren't EB games to malls, you know? I understand that mall traffic is a big thing, but like it's just there's a lot of weird business decisions made there, and I I, I remember being the person that would go to EB Games and get weird stuff, and it's just gone. Yeah, it's not going to get any better. It's um, it's kind of way it's kind of the way things are going right now. Hashtag Switch Core. Yeah, where you pay forty dollars for a copy of Tiny Troopers. Hey man, it's a Walmart exclusive. It's a bad video game. I don't care what it's exclusive to. <laughs> uh, I mean, games are going to sell based on the fact that they're on a Switch cartridge. I'm so, so not for that. Anyway, um, I played a few things I can't talk about. I'm playing Blazing Chrome, which can't talk about till. That was out though, isn't it? No, it's not out till July 11. No, I mean it's out on some other stuff. No, it's not really? out. Really, it's not out yet. Oh, I'm thinking the wrong game. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking Neon Chrome. Yeah, no, Neon Chrome's been out forever. Yeah, that's the reason why I was like, what are you talking about? No, okay, Blazing yeah, Chrome no, Blazing is not Chrome out yet. Is, uh, is the Contra game. Yes, it's the Contra the game. The Contra game that's not Contra. Exactly. <laughs> um, Dragon Quest Builders, which we can't talk about yet, and yep. uh, Soul Seraph, which I can't talk about yet. Is that how you say it? Soul Seraph? Yeah, it's probably Soul Seraph. Uh, hold on. It's been a long time since Ace Team made a game, and I had for- Ace Team. They made Xenoclash one and two, and Rock Is of that Ages. Making this? Yes. What? Yes. It's been a while since they made a game, man. Fuck off! No. Yeah. The, the same people. Yeah, Xenoclash people. So oh, that's such a weird fucking. Jump. Yeah. That, oh, man. Xenoclash is a weird... You know, they also made Rock of Ages. Remember those games? Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Yeah. Uh, Abyss Odyssey. Abyss Odyssey is a weird game. We actually have a video of Abyss Odyssey where we played co-op. The Deadly Tower of Monsters is fantastic. Yeah, that's a funky game. Ace Team the, is a the, weird developer, man. Yeah, man. I didn't realize that they published... Like... Rock of Ages isn't a big jump for me, but the, I forgot they did the Deadly Tower of Monsters. Yeah, that one was weird. And yeah, it's Soul Seraph. Okay, Soul Seraph. Or Soul Seraph. I, I, I believe it says Seraph. Because, yeah, Seraph means angel. So There you go. Uh, I'm cleaning up some CTR. I finished Adventure Mode, and now I'm going back and doing the uh, the Relic and the Token Races. Um... I have not played any of that. That game is good. Uh, just don't play it on normal or hard right now because it's way too fucking yeah, hard. Yeah, so I even watched a review where the person said, I don't I don't understand why like normal isn't normal mode. And oh, like, God, it's so hard. 
Yeah. It's so hard. Like, it's not even fun on normal. No! No, watching, watching, like, I could only, listen, I was nailing the turns of, um, and the, um, uh, called the, uh, drifting. I was nailing it. I was like, oh, I finally got a hang of it. And this motherfucker would always stay ahead of me. And I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfair on normal. It's ridiculous. Heavily. I can't imagine on hard. Uh, I just get a bunch of DNFs on hard. But no, I'm going back and playing some of that. That game is still, it's still wonderful. Like playing on easy, it's so carefree. Um, and some of this, and it's like the races aren't hard, and that's not where the challenge comes in. The challenge comes in in the other modes, like doing the CTR tokens, where you have to collect the letter CTR, which are hidden throughout the map, but you also have to finish first. Um, which is actually fun because you'll go like what I'll do is I'll play the track once and figure find out, all of them. Yeah, find out where the letters are, and then I'll race it again and try to make like perfect my lines. So I like that mode. Uh, the other mode has you collecting like crystals throughout a level, and you've got a certain time, and then you've got the time boxes where you got to hit them, and it freezes the, the the timer. Like that stuff has been fun going back to that, and I I just can't get over how good the game looks and how much like how the I tracks... love the, I love Crash's design. Yeah, the tracks look so good in 4K. It's well, my uh, favorite. My favorite thing is the intro sequence. Yeah, where it shows you the track. Yeah, it's no, no, no. The intro sequence to the entire game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where like <laughs> uh, nitrous oxide is talking to them, and it cuts. Back, it shows you all of them, and Crash is passed out in his car. <laughs> yeah, he's snoring, and then they they cut to him on the beach. Everybody's getting their car crash on the beach. <laughs> He accidentally. He, I can't tell if he purposely eats the butterfly or he just inhales it. Yeah, yeah. that that game is. I, I I actually laughed at that. I thought that was really charming. The game's super pretty though. Holy shit! Oh it just yeah. makes me want a new Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, it's so that game looks so good. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Speaking of um, racing games, I picked up uh, Virtua Racing on the Switch. A uh, game I have no. That that's a game that I grew up playing a lot of, and I love that game. It's still really good. Uh, these Sega Ages collections are nice. Um, it's actually full widescreen, uh, running. I think it's running in 1080p, but it's running at 60, and it just it looks really good. And it's because M2 is crazy, and it yeah. like actually redraws how f- wide. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah, that game has eight player local play too. So, oh my god! It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, but that's out, so I picked that up. And then the last thing I played a bunch of is Super Mario Maker Two, which we got on Friday. So obviously my review was not ready on Thursday for the embargo. <laughs> Thanks, uh, whatever How site was it that leaked um, that 3DS game? You've ruined it for the rest of us. <laughs> But How are you enjoying the game? I, I don't have it yet. I am en- That's right. <laughs> I'm enjoying Super Mario Maker 2. Um, the story mode is cool because there's a. It's a, basically you have to rebuild Peach's castle, and what it does is it takes you through a hundred pre-constructed Mario levels built in the Mario Maker 2 engine by Nintendo. Um, 
And that's the only part I'd ever engage with. And you would love it. So basically what they do with these levels is they kind of teach you everything that you can do within the game. Um, so there are levels that show you how to use the keys and the on-off switch blocks. And um, the level that I'm doing right now, which has been... Oh my god, it's so hard. Uh, there's a level where you have to make it to the end of the level without jumping. Um, and that's not just tapping the jump button. There's also like platforms and stuff that will lift you into the air. And if your feet leave the ground and oh land on the ground, Lord. you fail. And that it, sounds fun. It has been so... But it's one of those things that's like it's so hard, but I just keep doing it. Like, I want to do it. I want to complete the level. Um, but no, that, that mode is really, really cool. There's already a ton of courses up for people to play. Some of them are really dumb, but some of the, Like, the curation in this is so much better. Uh, there's so much easier ways to search for things. Um, there's different uh, sections, like what's popular, what's hot. You can sort it by tags again. Um, how many... I have to ask, how many World 1... Level ones, have you played? N- none, like that. People That's are good. beyond that, you know. Yeah, well. I mean, there's al- there's always been a ton of those, but in Mario Maker, like that, that dried up within the first month of the first game. <laughs> so. I just could not continue. Like, I just didn't have enough interest in that. Like, it's, on paper, it sounded amazing. It's so, like, so basically, Mario One One, Mario One One is now something I can make, and I'm not a good Mario Maker maker. Um, so I've been working on a level because I needed to kind of see how the tools worked. I wanted to do this review from the perspective of somebody who's never going to take the switch out of the dock because everybody's going to talk about that, how that works. Right. Right. So I wanted to be the guy that does it from the perspective of I'm never taking this out of the dock. I'm only going to build a level with a controller. Um, and it is challenging. Uh, there's a lot of quirks that you have to get used to. But Nintendo has done a good job of kind of making shortcuts. So, like, if I want to delete something, I just tap the left bumper, and it turns my cursor into an eraser. Um, If I want to reset the whole thing, I hold one button down. Um, If I want to change the properties of an item, I hold the button over it with my cursor. Uh, If I want to go up to my items, I just tap up on the D-pad, and then I can hit the Y button to open a radio menu of all of the different things that I can change. Um, If I want to change the theme of the level, like from desert to underwater to whatever, then I just tap left on the D-pad, and then I get access to all of that. Um, It definitely took, like, the stupidest things took me a minute. Like, I selected a, a question mark block, and then I selected a mushroom because I wanted to put the mushroom in the question mark block. Uh, Instead of holding the button down on the mushroom in the item menu and dragging it, what you have to do is you have to put the question mark block down, then put the mushroom on the stage, and then once they're on the palette, then grab the mushroom and drag it into the question mark block. So it's little things like that that will take you a minute to get used to. Um, But it is relatively easy to build levels with a controller. It can be done. I've actually built one. Um, that has a start to finish. And I played through it a couple times, and it's it's really stupid. It's just me playing with the things and learning how to do them. Like, there's a, there's a path on there with a seesaw 
platform that moves back and forth that has a, a bus saw on it, and I put a hidden extra man down at the bottom that's hard to get, and you know, I just that's a uh, based off of uh, Super Mario World. No, no, right. no. It, well, the, I switch between all three mo or all four palettes to see which one I like the best, and I kind of landed on Super Mario World. Um, but obviously, if you want to do Super Mario 3D World, then you have to restart and build from scratch because that's a different palette. It's got different stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to know. So th- that has that replaced the new Super Mario? No, New Super Mario Brothers is still there. So you have four basics. You have Mario 1, Mario 3, Super Mario World, and oh. Mario New Super Mario Brothers. And then if you want the 3D World style, you have to you have to build that separately. Like you can't yeah, because one of them yeah, the other oh, no, four, the, the other four are interchangeable. The yeah, the other four are interchangeable. So, so for example, if you put a Yoshi in a palette and then you change it, it changes to the the Karibo shoe. So instead of Yoshi, yeah. you get the shoe. Okay. Um, kind of neat. Yeah, and if you like, if you put a if you put a feather in Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World, in New Super Mario Brothers, it's the helicopter hat, and in Super Mario Brothers Three, it is the leaf. You know, so it just it, all four of those are interchangeable. Three D World is the one that you got to start over from scratch if you want to build in that mode. Got it. So, but no, it's 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 good. And the thing about this is, like, the Wii U version got updates, but it's not. It I didn't get as many as it should have. You know. Whereas with the Switch, after seeing stuff like Arms and and Splatoon, getting all of these you know, new versions down the line. I think this is going to be huge. And oh, also, uh, unlike the first Mario Maker, everything is unlocked from the beginning. Like, if you remember the original Mario Maker, every day you would get new tools. Yeah, that's kind of the reason why I stopped doing it. Yep, this one, they're all there from the beginning. And in fact, you unlock new things you can do by just doing them. So, like, if you hover over the, the sun, you know, the evil sun... Um, and you do something to it, it'll unlock like the night mode, which changes gravity, stuff like that. So everything is there from the beginning. It's just sometimes it doesn't put it on the surface until you do it, kind of like a discovery mode. So, yeah, interesting. Also, my level starts off with you hitting a trigger for a sound effect for Super Mario sixty four, and it pops up a big logo of the N sixty four on the screen when you. Pat- yeah, I've seen it. a lot of people using the uh, slide <laughs> music. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. I like how that's so iconic that we can put just. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Like as soon as I heard it, I'm like, that's what I'm gonna put right at the beginning, so you have to hit it. Somebody, somebody literally is like the Super Mario 64 slide, and it's just a straight slide down into the goal. Hell yeah, dude! They should have put you a slide down. It. Should have there's a, a box. There's a box, and you get a star out of it, and then the, and then right beside it is the pole. Yeah, yeah, slide down, baby. But no, it's. I think this game is going to be huge. I think it's going to be supported for a very long time. Um. But no, it's it's really. There's an update for the 3DS version. Someone screams into the abyss. <laughs> the three Nintendo doesn't have an update for the 3DS system, let alone yeah. the 3DS version of anything. Um. But no, that's been most of what I played this week. I did. Uh, Play some Overwatch, because what you know, it's Overwatch. Uh, Who are you, Drew? 
I, I'm going to have you know I've played that game more than Drew. I know you have. A lot more no than one Drew. Is, no, no one is... Leg- <laughs> not a single person is questioning if you've played that game more than Drew. You game more than Drew. So, in turn, I would expect you to have more time in a video game than Drew. I'll tell you who's got more time in Overwatch than I do. Your wife? Yep. She finally passed me in rank. Well, we now know who wears the pants. Hey, you know. She still can't beat me in comp score. I still have the best score, comp. Alright, what's coming out this week? I want to welcome you to... It is a holiday week, by the way, so... Celebrate if you're in Canada. Celebrate if you're in the U.S. Yeah. It is a holiday. Listen, all I'm hearing, really, is that you have... If you're in the States or if you're in Canada, you have two reasons to drink. Drink for yourself and drink for your neighbors. And fireworks. This week is well, all I mean, about fireworks. If you want to lose a couple fingers... Yeah. Well, I don't set them off. I go see them professionally done. That shit's free. Okay? That's true, yeah. Um. So, new releases... For Independence Day, Canada Day. It's the week of... What the fuck is that game? <laughs> oh, boy. There is a couple big names on here, but a lot of these you're going to be like, what the fuck is that? Number one, we've got As Divine Dios. Yep, we're already starting. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. That's one of the big ones. Uh, Paradox Soul. Saivariar Delta. Is that how you say that? I have no idea how you say that. Saivariar Delta. You know, that's a, that, I, I know how it's spelled. That's, got, watch that be on fucking uh, weeks from now, too, because that's published by the same people who did uh, Penguin Wars. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, Scraper, First Strike. Will, A Wonderful World. Brain Breaker. Just Cause 4, Lost Demon- Demonios. It's an expansion pack. Yeah, looks interesting. Uh, oh, looks like they've gone right off the deep end, finally. It's Just Cause. Uh, Ovivo. Ovivo. Stranger Things 3, the game. Yeah, that's out this week. Uh, Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle. Sea of Solitude. And Transistor. Must be a physical version for that. Illusion of Lefalsia. And They Are Billions is coming to console this week. Well, Xbox this week. That sounds familiar, but I could not tell you what that game is. It is a um, strategy survival game. So basically, uh, you build yeah, like yeah, a zombie. zombie. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even have to click into the Switch releases this week. I can get them all in one screen. Usually, I have to click into them because there's so many. There's not as many this week, but we start off. With redneck skeet shooting. <laughs> Dream. I wish Nintendo had to put the Nintendo seal of approval on everything. So. They wouldn't have any games then. Yeah, yeah. I really wish they had to. 
Uh, Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator, is coming to the Switch this week. Yeah. I've heard that's really good. Yeah, I, I don't have interest in uh, dating simulators, so... What if it was a pigeon? Yeah, no, that too. Uh, Avian uh, Attorney was more interesting to me, where I get to play as a bird lawyer. Okay. Okay, I'm down with that. Uh, Red Faction Gorilla Remastered. <laughs> Why is that making me laugh still? I, I don't know. It's, uh. it's, it's funny. Uh, Bus Fix 2019. Okay. Luca, Born of a Dream. Ankh Guardian, Treasure of the Demon's Temple. Sorry, is that Ankh and then like a colon? No, Ankh Guardian hyphen Treasure of the Demon's Temple. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because like, there was a game series called Ankh that were like point and click adventures. And I was like, that sounds like it's a new title. Alright. Uh, Clonod. Pure Majon. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch. Hero Express and Cyrilim 3. And it looks like Transistor's also coming to the Switch this week. Was it already on the Switch? I can't remember. Oh, I'm not even going to do PC because I clicked on it and there's two hentai games right on the front page. So, You know what? You don't deserve my time, PC games. You have too much garbage on there. Let's do news! You want to do news? You want to know what free games you're getting this month for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold? I don't remember what the PlayStation Plus ones are. So um, PlayStation Plus is uh, Pro Evo Soccer and Horizon, oh, 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 oh. Horizon Chase Turbo, which is a great game. Things about that game. That is a great game. Don't Play that game. But I don't have enough interest. Uh, I'll probably put it in my account, but nothing more. Games with gold... Uh, Much a better selection. Symphony of the Night, Inside. Yep. Meet uh, the, it's already won. Meet the Robinsons. Uh, maybe that's a good game. I don't know. It's licensed. It's a licensed game, so who knows. And what's the last one? It's called Big Crown? I don't... It's, it's probably a party versus game, would be my guess. I think the funniest thing I saw was when Major Nelson tweeted this, the comments under it were, wow, what a bunch of shit. And I'm like, What? Inside and Symphony of the Night are two of the most incredible games you will ever play. <laughs> In So I had some issues with Inside when I played it, but nothing stuck more in my head. That ending! Inside. What the fuck? Uh, to this day, and then I watched a video from... If you've played Inside, or if you're going to play Inside, once you're done the game, look up a video from Nightmind on YouTube about Inside. I don't necessarily agree with what he dis- like what his interpretations are, but he points out certain things I didn't notice, and that made me go, "Oh fuck, that's." I think I like this game more after it. Yeah. Just little things that I didn't even think about. And as soon as he said it, I went, oh, for fuck's sake, how did I even miss that? That game and was... Mm. It's better than Limbo. Yeah. And Limbo's great, but Inside is so much better. Oh, my God. Um, and, and the people that don't know Symphony of the Night are lost causes. 
Sorry. I, I, I try not to write off people that... Listen, I, I shit on Shenmue a lot. But, um... Symphony of the Night I, is probably one of the top ten video games ever made. Oh, well, yeah. And, and while I actually like other Castlevanias more... You can't deny what that made, game did. Exactly. Well, so... About to get on a soapbox to some extent. In my <laughs> review for it, I bring up the fact that we have two people from uh, Konami who were treated poorly, and Kojima was obviously um, very publicized in terms of his his downfall or whatever you want to call it, or his falling out. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Falling out with Konami. But what's not talked about as much is Igarashi was moved within Konami to work on, like, mobile games. And all he wanted to do was make, like, Castlevania games and stuff like that. Like, he just wanted to make stuff that wasn't shit. But they moved him to the mobile department and made him work on crap. I don't think he ever published the game when he worked there in that department. And then he quit. Yeah. Um, And at that same time that was happening, Kojima... Got to work on Castlevania. Yeah, the uh, I'd say, well, it's Mercury Steam actually that made the yeah, but Kojima was his 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 influences are in there because with it, yeah, because they even have the Metal Gear sound in the the kitchen. So, to me, when I hear people go, "Oh, Kojima was treated poorly," like Kojima, and I know it's not his fault. You do what you're told, and you do. Sometimes you want to. Stuff and I, I'm not blaming Kojima, but when Kojima says I was treated poorly, like it, it kills me because Igarashi and, and I'm not denying the fact that Kojima has had an effect on video games. I'm not at all. Of course, but, not. Like, you can't look deny at what, the story. Look at look, but look at how his stealth games play before the newer ones, like before I'd argue three and five specific like the reissue of three where it had the third person camera that was like behind the back look at how those games played so look at Metal Gear 1 2 um and then Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 um look at how those games played they don't play like other stealth games because nothing really followed that formula he didn't and and to be fair he didn't even make that formula. it's based off of the original Wolfenstein that id ended up buying the license to because they wanted to do a sequel to that um, I can't remember the company's name that made it, but it was made by one guy. That was a stealth game. It plays very similar to an old PC game. Now, to be fair, he innovated on top of that, and he did bring stories more to the forefront, which was something we were complaining about earlier in this. But Kojima at least kept it interesting, if not a little crazy. Sure. Igarashi, however, look at every Metroid... Like they, they He is part of the reason why we call it Metroidvania. Yeah, he's the Vania. <laughs> he's the Vania, right. Like, you know, some people call it Igavania. Fine, I, I understand what they're referring to. Metroidvania is an annoying term, but annoying or not, there's a reason why people use it. If Listen, no one was copying Metroid. Just no one was. He saw potential in the formula that was very well done because Super Metroid came out before Oh, absolutely. Super Metroid is also in the probably the top ten games of all time. Right. <laughs> but he took the formula and added to it. Like, I've never seen someone innovate so much. And it just kills me that people, you know, worship Kojima. And here's a guy who 
and I realize he kickstarted a game and stuff, but like who who I think shifted the medium of video games. And you can decide whether or not you like the fact that people now throw the term Metroidvania around. But um, he shifted video games to another direction it, to the point where people don't necessarily people have to think about platformers differently because if it, it needs to do something. Because otherwise, you're a Mario clone, or you're, or you're, you're just kind of crappy, right? Like, and people want more from platformers now because he made something of it. And I real again, I realize Metroid had to come first, and I'm not denying Metroid is an amazing title too. But just like he had RPG elements, uh, he added actual story because Metroid is all sort of played out pantomime. Um, it, you know, it's just. Uh, it, it, it kills me that he doesn't get the recognition and the praise that Kojima does for doing stuff that I, I just don't feel as is as important to the video game industry. It just kind of blows smoke up. He kind of blows smoke up his own ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Symphony of the Night. It, I get I get disappointment in the picks because obviously Inside and Symphony of the Night are so good. Most people already own those. That's yeah. my disappointment with them. But if you've never played Symphony of the Night or Inside, boy, you are in for a fucking treat in July. And I mean, to be clear, we're not talking about people who said, I already have... I don't, you have no, these seem to be people that had never played either of those games. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're saying that those games are garbage... Trick, you're an idiot. Trick your privilege, boy. Those games are incredible. Mm. Um, Tetris... Sorry, I, just, I, had to, I brought up Shenmue at the beginning of that, like... People that like Shenmue, I, like I, there's a big difference between like I'll I'll say I don't like those games, but I won't write them off for not being important. Um, like uh, it's just it's there's a big difference between just going and saying like something is complete shit and, and denying any credit to it, and that, that I, I couldn't believe that. That's the only reason why I brought up Shenmue is like I, I know I shit on Shenmue a lot, but like part of it's joking, part of it's I realize is my own taste. But like it did things like that we did not see for another decade, right? Um, and like just to see somebody go like Symphony of the Night sucks. I'm like, wow, how yeah, how no. uninformed of video games are you? <laughs> That's yeah. all. Symphony of the Night is an amazing game. Uh, Tetris Royale is headed to mobile phones, so if you want to play that, uh, Void Bastards is getting free challenge modes and DLC soon. So if you like that game, you'll be getting some more of yeah, it. Yeah, I'll probably be doing that. Um, ba, 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 ba. scrolling down, scrolling down. What else is going on? Crackdown three got a new update this week, so I booted this up. Um, this new update includes a wingsuit. Um, and but I didn't quite give, go get it. I don't know where to get it. I did play with the elemental weapon, so basically it replaces your grenade, and you hold down the grenade button, and it spawns a weapon that has a random elemental element so like you can get an ice hammer or an electricity sword and just waylay or lay waste people really wish the world was destructible like they originally promised yeah that would be really cool I kind of want to boot it back up and get the wingsuit because I still need to collect all the orbs and I think a wingsuit would make it a lot easier to collect the orbs yeah I'm missing there's some like locations where like you're missing I'm like I've literally yeah, I've walked the whole reality. damn area and I can't find them. Like, they are hidden really well. 
that's an underrated game. I I can't imagine paying for it in store, but as part of Game Pass, like that, that might end up on my top ten just because of. How not that I would say it's the best game ever, or even the best game of this year, but it definitely was like some of the most pure fun. This seems to be the theme of this episode um, that I've had in a long time. Um, bum, 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 bum. We, I mean, we already talked about Soul Seraph. That was announced this week. It's coming out in like a week, so there is that. Um, PUBG Core is working on a new. Original title in the PUBG universe will be a narrative single-player game headed by Sledgehammer Games co-founder Glenn Schofield. That's a weird thing. They have to. They they have to um, sort of uh, differentiate, right? Like, doesn't help that uh, Fortnite kind of came and ate their lunch. And I know people still play PUBG. I get it. I'm just saying, like, you have to do something to stand out. Yeah, and it's not like they don't have the money to spend because uh, isn't that owned by Tencent? Yes, Tencent owns a stake in that. So, uh, one man punch the hero nobody knows fighter was announced. How could you have a fighter based off of a guy who can finish people in one punch? I mean, Superman's in a fighting game. Yeah, they always have some bullshit. <laughs> uh, supposedly, we're going to learn about the new Yakuza game next month. Wait, 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 wait. There's another one? Of course there's another one. Holy shit. Uh, I think... There's a rumor that there's a new Ape Escape. That Sony's not doing anything to... You know... Stop that rumor from happening. Yeah. So maybe... Are we going to talk about that, by the way? Yeah, that's the that's the okay. last piece I'm getting to. I think that's all the news news. So let's talk about this article that was on the Wall Street Journal, um, which I cannot access anymore because the Wall Street Journal is a paid... You have to pay to read it. And I forgot about that. So what a bunch of stiffers asking for... <laughs> asking for money for their work. Go fuck yourself. Um... So I've got some bullet points here. So there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about the upcoming PlayStation 5 and where Sony as a company... Since it's a Wall Street Journal, they were mostly looking at Sony as a company. Um, So there's a chart showing Sony's profits, and obviously video games have been their biggest um, over the last... um, looks like about five years. Video games have gone from being one of their least important projects to being their most important. Um, TVs and speakers, their movie studio has pretty much stayed the same. Smartphones have died, TVs and speakers have been about the same. But video games have been slowly on the uptick. So this was more of a business kind of article. Um, And Sony is basically saying that the PlayStation 5 is going to be aimed at the hardcore audience um, so they are not going to be focusing as much on smaller and independent games. They will be focusing more on AAA, first-party big titles, uh, as well as third-party AAA titles. They will not be showing at Tokyo Game Show, which is weird. Um, they consider Xbox their rival. They're not worried about Stadia, and they do not consider Nintendo a competitor. Well, well I wouldn't <laughs> worry about Stadia as a competitor either. No, but Nintendo. Can we, can we, sorry, but Nintendo. You know what? 
Nintendo's not selling them like five to one in Japan right now. Yeah, but I'd argue they aren't. Yeah, in the in the world of people, there's only so much limited. Then yes, you know what I mean. Like I I understand their point of view on the Nintendo thing. I think they should be worried about Nintendo, but I can understand right now see, not seeing Nintendo as a competitor. And the only reason why I say that is because. If they are not dealing with indie stuff anymore, which is a terrible decision. Yeah, that's uh, kind of... Nintendo is still seen as the game system you buy to play Nintendo games. It's a secondary console. Yes, like, I would not say, like... like, And that's kind of been their thing. Sure. Since uh, GameCube, right? GameCube is the only one that doesn't play DVD. It was the only so one that didn't play DVDs, PS2, yeah. And you and so then you have the Wii. The Wii is the only thing high down. And then you have the Wii U, which uh, nobody bought. <laughs> it was just a giant mistake. That's what the Wii yeah, was. But but it is and so now you have the Switch, which they can pose it as a console they want, but it's a handheld that you bring around. And Sony's not in the handheld market. Not anymore. And now they're not dealing well, I mean, you only get your shit kicked in twice. Um, <laughs> third time, third time, you you know, you have to actually address an issue instead of just ditching it. Um, yeah, it's, I, I get it. I, I think it's, I think it's a bad idea to see them as just that, but at the same time, look at Microsoft. Microsoft realized that there's no point of competing with Nintendo. It's better to work with them. And that's, that's the, the issue here is that Sony doesn't want to work with anybody no, because they're top dog right now. Yeah, I think uh, we were well, we were talking yesterday that you know you said like they need to remind themselves where they were with the PS3 because that's what they're going to do again with this attitude. Yeah, so this is this is history repeating itself. So when PlayStation Two ended its life cycle, and let's be fair, the PlayStation Two is probably one of the most important video game consoles to ever release. It was huge, and it was the worst. And we, before we go any further, yes, it. We got it. It was also the cheapest DVD player. Yeah, of course, and that was a huge piece of why it succeeded. It also succeeded with the games. Uh, I mean, my God, the PS2's library is almost untouchable. It's just, it's so good. It has everything. Like, so many franchises started there. So many of the biggest games of all time are on that console. And going into the PS3, Sony just assumed that would continue. Um, it's it's no secret that a lot of people call that the Sony arrogance. And if that's what they're going to do with PS5. So, let's think about what made PS4 so appealing to people. It was because uh, they they catered to everybody. Well, here's here's the funny part. So, I watched... That was one of... I think that might have been the last E3 I watched live for. And so I watched the Xbox conference and went, what the fuck are they doing? Because Don Matrick had his head up his ass. <laughs> that thing was a and, giant mess. Yeah. And then Jack Trenton comes out. And I actually miss Jack Trenton because... Oh, I miss Jack Trenton. Shark, he was great. Shark suit could sell ya... A broken car type of guy. Yeah, he's the guy I would want to sell me a car. He's the guy. Yeah. Um, he walks out and he starts talking about it. So they've said no used games. 
he, they addressed that. They did the exact same tactic as they did in the, like the first E3 or the second E3, one of the two, where they walked out and they announced their price lower than their competition. Yeah, drop the mic and walk off stage. Right. So, the, but I mean, it was a brutal beating. Absolutely. They, they didn't pose themselves as top dog at the beginning of the console generation. Nope. And now, like we saw, so I have a friend uh, who's who's a video editor, and he's worked. If you've watched a video game channel on YouTube, he's probably done some editing work from Mark Carr. He's a super nice guy. He does indie game searchlight, which tells you where his interest lies. <laughs> uh, he really likes indie games, and he messaged me after I, last year, the year I think it was the year before, and he went, "What happened to all the indie stuff at Sony's press conference?" They don't. They don't do it anymore because they don't and have they just, to. They don't have to, and it's if you look right now at what's keeping the switch alive between big releases. Because sometimes, stuff, listen, I'm the first person to say like it, I'm disappointed with delays, but I get it. It. What happens when you have a delay? What do you push? And if you have nothing, like, yeah, there's always going to be third party stuff. But you know, like, what do you want to push that is on our console specifically? And Sony doesn't want to court indie devs for that, and no, they're, they're the reason court. why they're the reason why Vita's sold way past their lifetime. You know, like the, their stupid memory cards cost a fortune, but probably cost nothing to make, and people bought them because of indie games and and hentai Japanese crap. But um, but like they're they're. Indie games are the, part of the reason why PS4 got into the position that they were in. And they're moving back to the get a second job if you want a PS3. Yeah, there's a lot. Of attitude. And, and I mean, look, at, look, Microsoft is to blame for the same opinion, right? They were on sure. top of the, the 360, decimated their competition, walked out, said some dumb shit, and has paid for it ever since. The problem is, is that Sony gets to get away with it every time. They fuck up. Well, like it just it, this. It, I mean, it reminds me a lot. And I was showing my age here. I was old enough to remember this. This reminds me a lot of um, who who belongs and who doesn't. So when the PlayStation originally came out, everybody balked at it because Nintendo was obviously the king of the castle. Right. They always had been, and people laughed at the PlayStation. You know, it was a joke. Well, remember they entered, uh, to to explain to people that might not know they entered as a th- as the third place console. Yes, because there was already the, the Saturn existed. Yeah, the Saturn existed. The Nintendo sixty four was on the horizon. The PlayStation was a joke, and then they started getting all of these other people on board with the machine, and things changed. And Microsoft is still in that, and I think. I don't want to make it about these things, but it feels a lot of times like people still associate Microsoft as the the evil American corporation that doesn't cater to certain things. You know, yeah. It's it's a weird thing to think about like the diehard Nintendo and Sony fans, you can see them coming a mile away. The diehard Xbox fans 
and I'm going to be real honest with you. They all ditched to go to PS4. Well, they all ditched to go to PS4, but they're also a different breed of fan, let's say. Don't defend... I get getting passionate about video games. You know, I I get why I'm an asshole when I call stuff as crap, even though it's just my opinion. But corporations and your console manufacturers are not going to come to your house and give you a blowjob because no. you defended them online. Like, Sony isn't going to fuck you, boys. You can stop. It's annoying. It's annoying to see you defend Switch uh, tax, as they call it, for $10. I, listen, I defended Square Enix, but the more I thought uh, the other day with them, or the other podcast with the Mana Collection, but let me tell you, the more I thought about it, the more I just really fucking hated them for charging more than they than it should be because they do that with everything. You know, it's like none of these corporations give a shit. They just want your money. Don't do don't defend their shit for them. Let them defend their shit. Yeah. No. You know, and it's, it's it's so funny because it's I see a lot of people like it's it's a fine line to walk because, you know, as much Bloodstained is a perfect example. That company should be taken to task for how much they fucked up. Well, I mean, I... But they, it doesn't change the fact that that game is incredible. Yeah. It doesn't, and it never will. Like, That's like the people that bought the fucking um, billboard for uh, Hello Games. Yeah. You know, I get that you want to show your passion, but don't forget that the game they promised only came out like a year ago. Yeah. You know, like, remember, they fucked you. They, you know, you you gotta... If you make it good, I'll give you credit. Yeah, like, it, it's... You know, I had to dedicate a big portion of my review... Or, well, maybe not a huge port, But I had to dedicate a portion of my review to just talking about the fact that Bloodstained is unplayable on two consoles. That's crazy, considering that's, that's not, 50%. That's, that's 50% of the consoles out there, and one of them being yeah. probably the most popular version of the game. Yep, it's it's very disappointing, but I'm also not going to... I just want them to make it right. I don't want to destroy them. I just want them to make it right. You know, we we live in an age of not physical media anymore, like for video games. So, like, just fix it. Yeah. I have no issue with that. But, like, you know, when you... When I'm writing review, it's what, a, a week and a bit after the game released and you haven't updated people that bought the game on Xbox. But what's happening? You, you need to you need to address that. And it's just, like, you gotta... You can't just accept everything a company does of any sort. No. You have to question them. They... They are trying to earn your money you have to make them earn your trust. Like, because you can't just let... You just can't accept them. Like, you know, it took a lot for me. So I I, I was on... I was pretty early on a supporter of Limited Run Games. And uh, as everybody fucking knows and is tired of hearing, Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap is one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite game of all time. Uh, actually, probably is my favorite game of all time. I ordered the limited run version. I ordered uh, three copies of it. That's the maximum I could get. Two of the standard edition, and then 
one of the collector's edition. Uh, I traded one of those standard editions to a friend for the, for some reason, states only Duke Nukem uh, 3D. Um, and the other copy I gave to my father, who introduced the, me to that game, and I got the uh, deluxe version, kept that for myself. I went online, right? Like, so I got my copies, um, and within minutes, they were sold out. And people were upset, and rightfully so, because people, we knew this was going to be something that people wanted, and by limiting, like, completely just to, like, 3,000 copies or whatever it is, it pissed people off, and I was really upset with the way they handled the situation. And they learned from that, though, and decided, yeah, certain games, like, I was disappointed that the Jack releases for PS4 were, um... 2,000 or 3,000 copies a piece or whatever, but for some other games, they do open pre-orders now, which is something they didn't do before that. They listen to their consu- the consumers and change their policy for most stuff. So, like, they knew Night Trap was going to be popular. They, they did an, I believe they did an open pre-order for Night Trap. Like, they started doing, like, hey, we're going to go live, we're going to take your money early, and then we're going to figure out how many copies we need to print and basically print that many copies in a few extra, because you have to do a... You can't just print, like, the exact amount. You have to print, like, a rounded-off amount. So, you know, they, they they changed their business model because people were upset with them. And I appreciate when companies do that. Like, that's that's a company that's obviously making changes and gives a shit. And, I don't know, it's just... It's weird to think of, like, how vehemently people defend poor decisions. Like, people are going to defend Sony on this, and I... You know, it, people defended limited run at the time. Like, yeah, well, that's the that's just the limited run nature of the game. Like, they get that, but it's still limited run if they print three thousand to six thousand copies and it's only sold online. Yeah, it's it's you an know, interesting it, it's an interesting. They thing. don't go back and print more copies. It's not like other games. It, it, it just yeah, it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy. It, it is because you see somebody like Microsoft who is who. <laughs> deservedly got smashed at the beginning of this generation. Yep. And they've done a lot to try to fix that. And the only thing you ever hear is that it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And then, you know, Nintendo... Nintendo's kind of an interesting thing because they don't need to do a lot of the stuff they're doing right now, but they're still doing it. They don't need to partner with Microsoft. No, they don't need to open crossplay. They don't need all of these indie games on their console, but they're doing it. And then you see somebody like Sony, who sure they don't need to open crossplay, so they really don't. They they they're really holding it back in a lot of areas. And it's just <clears throat> that's what bothers me is that seeing, you know, Microsoft has to do this stuff. They have to. They're in last place. They fucked up the beginning of this generation. They've had tons of issues. They and have they to do it. them. Yeah, and they, but they have to do it. And I don't... I don't know that they would be doing as much as they're doing if they weren't losing. But I want to sure. see if they would now, with a different person at the head. Because Don Matrick wouldn't have, still wouldn't be doing it. Don... 
I think Phil would be doing John things. John Matrick is an idiot. I, I mean, I listen. I know he's probably he had to have earned that position somehow, and like I'm sure he's a smart guy. But you know what? I, you know, I know he doesn't have full like. I get it. Like, I get that it's a company, and there's different people with their hands on different things and different buttons, and you can't control the whole situation. But at some point, someone with any any sort of power should have said, like, this is a bad idea, and you are the face of it, and you are the one that goes out there. And then he said stuff, like, what was it? Um, was he the one that said, well, that's why we have Xbox 360? Yeah, we have a console for you. Yeah, it's the Xbox 360. Yeah. I just, Idiot. I just, just want... dumb. Like, ugh. I want to, um, I don't want, so when I think back on consoles, like I have a feeling about them when they were out, I feel really good about PS1, PS2, and PS4. I don't want PS5 to be a PS3 repeat, because I have no good memories of the PS3. The PS3 launch was terrible. Um, the UI so, was always garbage. Sorry? The UI was always garbage. The, it was the slow. UI that they carried over from the, uh, the, PlayStation, the second... The PSP, right? No. No, so that came out... I'm about to get confusing for people, sorry. Uh, there was a... Um, so they, they released the PS1, and then they released the PS2, and everybody's familiar with the PS2 menu. Yeah. They reissued the PS2 in Japan only as the PSX, which, if you look at where the games, what games are labeled for under some uh, for PS1, they're sometimes labeled as PSX. I don't know why, because there is a console that is called the PlayStation X, and that was a PS2 that had some other functionality, and it had the cross media bar. Then they brought that to PSP, and then it went to PS3, and they still use a sort of that method, and I hate it. But that's where it came from. It came from a PS2 um, that was modified, like a different console, but it was still a PS2 hardware-wise. I just uh, I just don't have any good memories of the PS3. Like, well, you know, I, I started work after both of those consoles launched. No. Yes, I did, because I, I had a Wii, and I bought a 360 my first paycheck of my first job. And I had the choice between... Well, I wanted a PS3 because it had the new Ratchet and Clank game, and I love that series, and I didn't have an Xbox before. But I had played an Xbox 360 at my friend's house. And uh, I played Bioshock, and that actually sold me on Next Gen. And so I had a paycheck. It wasn't a lot because I made $8 an hour Canadian. So, you know... um because it was minimum wage, and I was part time, and I had the tr- I wanted a PS3. It was five hundred plus dollars, and I went, I can't afford that. Five hundred and ninety nine US dollars. Uh, I think it was. We were on the slim model by this point. I think like the slim model had just come out, but even then, it was still expensive, and I went, I can't fucking afford that. And the 360 was was stupid cheap, man. Well, they had the arcade model. They were smart enough to realize, like, hey, we can get people in. So I have an original Xbox 360 arcade, um, which only came with a memory card, and it came with a disc of five games. And the first two games that I bought for it were Blue Dragon 
and The Darkness, which were both bargain bin games at Walmart back when they did that. Um, they were both 20 bucks. And I love The Darkness. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but, like, I chose 360 and then eventually got a PS3. But I go back to the PS3 and go, wow, these games look terrible. I remember buying... I, like, I replaced a lot of my PS3 games because the 360 version runs better. Yeah, I, I remember buying the PS3 at launch, and I bought, I think, five or six games. And I came home with a buddy, and we Most played it. Shit. Yeah, we, I came home, and we booted it Lair. up. Lair! And we played... Lair wasn't a launch game. No, um... Oh, God. Uh... Launch games were. Um... I can tell you what I bought. I bought Resistance oh, Fall of Man. Was that a launch? Oh, that's right, because it was originally called I Eight. Yeah. Right. So I bought that. I bought Genji. Was that what it was called? Genji. Mm. Yes. Attack the crap. Uh, crap for uh, attack three point for massive damage. Yep. Yeah. Um. God, what was the other games I bought? Was the one the um, Heavenly Sword? Heavenly Sword was not a launch game. Really? Okay. No, no Heavenly Sword was not a launch game. Um, I'm trying to think. There was some third-party stuff that I bought too. Genji and and Resistance, I think, were the two. I'm, I need to look up this launch list because it was bad. And I remember buying all right, PlayStation Three launch oh, NBA 07 titles. I have the list. Resistance Ridge, Ridge Racer Man. Seven. I bought Ridge Racer Seven. Uh, Untold Legends: Dark Kingdom. Um, oh, that's the uh, Diablo clone, right? Yeah, um, which I still own. That was pretty decent. It was okay. Um, Madden was there. Marvel Ultimate Alliance was there. Mobile Suit Gundam, which was bad. Yep. All the sports games, which I don't think I bought. Ridge Racer Seven Sonic was good. Fear? What's that? You didn't get Sonic or Fear. Those were not launch games. Yeah, I'm wh- looking at them. I'm Full looking at all twelve launch games right now in the U.S. Oh, I have. For some reason, 21. No, there was only 12 in the U.S. There was Blazing Angel, Squadrons of World War II. Did not buy Call of Duty 3. Did not buy Genji, Days of the Blade. I bought that. It was bad. Madden NFL 07. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Crossfire, which I bought. was bad. NBA 2K7. NHL 2K7. Resistance Fall of Man. Ridge Racer 7. Tiger Woods. Tony Hawk's Project 8. That's it. Oof. And uh, Untold Legends. That was the other one. Yeah. And you regretted it, right? Absolutely. Like, playing these games, like, I played Resistance, and I'm like, wow, this feels unfinished. Because it was. Um, I think my favorite game at launch was Ridge Racer 7. And it wasn't even that great of a Ridge Racer. Although it makes me really sad that that was, um... That was the last numbered Ridge Racer. I just... I miss Ridge Racer. They're, they're, they're going to make that mistake again. Like, maybe they won't. Time, but, like, hey. I, I just don't want that again. I have and, super fond memories of buying... Like, I can tell you where I was at in my life with the purchase of every console. Uh, especially the PlayStation stuff. Like, I remember... I've never bought consoles on launch. Even I, my Wii, which is the closest to launch, I never... I bought every single console at launch. So, Ugh. the PlayStation 1, I bought... Um, and I'll tell you why I bought it, and it's it it gives you a little insight to who I am. Hold on, was it uh, because of uh, Omega Boost? Nope, that wasn't Lottie even Bra. a thing. That wasn't even a thing when I bought. I bought it at launch, and the reason I bought it, Mortal Kombat Three. 
Okay. Mortal Kombat 3 on the PlayStation looked arcade perfect, and right. I had to have that version. So I traded in my Sega Genesis with my Sega CD and my Super Nintendo and all of my games. Oh. And I bought a PlayStation 1 with a copy of Battle Arena Toshinden and oh. Keliak the DNA Imperative, which was awful. <laughs> oh. Um... Which I, I traded Keliak back in and bought Ridge Racer and did not regret that at all. I remember buying the PS2, and I think I had about 8 to 10 of those launch games, which included Kessen. SSX? SSX, Kessen, yeah. Time Splitters, which was awesome. Um, Dead or Alive 2 Hardcore, which I was a huge DOA fan. I, was, I actually bought a Dreamcast from Japan in 1998. Um, and I had, man, I was a Dreamcast fanatic, so I bought a Dreamcast, this was back when Japan would launch systems early, than, earlier than the U.S., so I bought a Dreamcast in November of 98 from Japan, got Sonic Adventure, Pin Pin Triisalon, and there was another game, I can't remember, uh, Blue Stinger, Blue Stinger was the other game I got. Oh, you weirdo. Which was weirdo a better, game. which was, the Japanese version of that game is a better game than the U.S. version. That game is different in the U.S. Oh. Um, and then over the course of the year before the Dreamcast launched in America, I bought Soul Calibur, which I worked at EB Games. It was called EB Games then when I worked there. And I brought in my my Japanese sad, or my Japanese Dreamcast with Soul Calibur, and I pre-ordered so many Dreamcasts because of that game. Um, it still looks good. Yeah, it does. And then I bought Marvel vs. Capcom and Power Stone, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, Sega GT, and Shinmu. These are all the games that I had before that system ever launched in America. Think about that. It's crazy. And then I bought a U.S. version because I wanted NFL 2K... And uh, I never bought House of the Dead from Japan, so I bought that when it released in the U.S. And there was a couple other games I got at launch for the U.S. Dreamcast. I can't remember what they were. But yeah. And then PS2. What else did I buy at PS2 launch? I bought Eternal Grace, which was terrible. Um, Summoner, which was also a bad game. <laughs> What yeah. was the orphan sign of sorcery? I bought that. That was a bad game. <laughs> oh, I bought Madden. And I'll tell you, the first time I saw Madden on the PS2, I thought, it'll never look better than this. <laughs> uh, <sighs> and I you know, just... I remember buying a PS3 at launch, and I remember there were three people in line at the GameStop I bought mine from. And you know, two of the other people in line, you know where they were buying it for? DVD player? To resell it. Oh. Yeah. They didn't even want it. They didn't buy any games or controllers or anything with it. I was the only one there buying it to play it that day. Wow. So, yeah. I just, uh... I just don't know what they're going to do without... Indie titles to sort of soften... I mean... Well, I, I indie development. Well, here's the problem. Here's the... But, like, even, even PS4 launched, and there was, there was Mercenary Kings... And Resogun. Here's, right? here's the like, problem, though. Indie developers will still put their game... This is my biggest beef right now. Indie developers will still put their games on the PlayStation 4, 
they will not put them on the Xbox. Yeah. Do you know how many games have come out that I'm like, I want to play that, but I'm an I'm an Xbox, Xbox guy. Like, I want to play the Messenger on my Xbox. I can't. And what I don't what I don't get about it is that Microsoft has started doing videos just for the indie indie stuff on their platform. Yeah, so does Nintendo, and Nintendo gets the games, and I get it because that's where all these games are selling. But Microsoft is actually like pushing them as well. Here's the thing. So I have Game Pass Ultimate, and the Messenger is on there. On PC. On PC. So I downloaded it and tried to play it, and this is why I don't play PC games. It just keeps telling me the app can't launch. Windows 10, everybody. That's the only game I wanted to play! And I can't play it. Here's another weird one. Time Spinner is on Game Pass on PC. Okay. That game is on Xbox One. I can't play but it's it. It's not on the backward. It's not on the. Okay, that's a weird one. Yeah, that's it's not on Game Pass. I just. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, and Microsoft is out there pushing these indie games into Game Pass that, like, is getting people to play them, you know? And yet I still have to wait. How long did we wait for Omen Sight? Granted, Omen Sight is not nearly as good as. How long did we wait for Stories? Stories, yeah. To come to Xbox One? Yeah, I. It is such I, a weird thing of like, I don't, I don't know. I, I do, however, like the fact that they just said like, yeah, we don't see, um, what's it called, uh, Stadia as competition. Well, I wouldn't either. Their response to, um, uh, like, uh, what is it, data caps or like the 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 uh, bandwidth issues is like, oh, ISPs will deal with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> like, yeah, remember when Google had... Yeah, we're... I can't. Yeah. I just yeah, can't So, like, you know, and then they stopped doing that. Like, yeah, because ISPs don't want to do that either. Like, dumb fucking idiot. Like, what do you... Th- talk about talk about bad ideas. That joins the Sony... Uh, list of bad ideas too. Like Stadia is just a mess. But so yeah, I wouldn't look at them as competition either. They, they, I don't use it, but the the streaming service from Sony is better than Stadia is going to be probably. Because I, Stadia's re, re, response to everything is always, yeah, someone else will deal with that. Like no, you have to deal with that. It's your service. Stadia will be forgotten before the free launch happens next year. Yep. Yep, you're going to pay to basically be part of something that is not going to last. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, I suppose, but I, I can't. With Microsoft can't. launching theirs this year and already having a library and not forcing streaming, I think that's the problem right now is Stadia is making the same mistake that Microsoft made at the beginning of this generation. Because let's, let's, let's do a little scary study right now. Do you remember what Microsoft got slammed for at the beginning of this generation? It no. happened. The whole checking online to make sure you oh, yeah. that happened. You just didn't know it happened. It's there. There's a lot of people who, when their internet goes down, they're like, "Why can't I play my games?" And granted, that's because they don't know how this shit works. Nobody does. It's confusing as hell. Yeah. Um. Like I have to explain it to people because I have it set up in my house. 
we have two Xboxes and I have all of the stuff on my account. My wife and my son use a specific Xbox and in order for them to use it when I'm not logged in, I have to make that the home Xbox. But that also means on my Xbox, I have to be logged in to play my video games. Yep, the PS4 has the same sort exactly. of Exactly. PS4 works exactly the same way, and people don't realize this. And that thing that you all hated Microsoft for at the beginning of this generation, it's on every console. You know yeah. why? Because yeah. that's how video games are built. Guess what you can do in the Mortal Kombat 11 crypt when you're not logged into the internet? Nothing. Nothing. So that disc copy that you bought is worthless if you're not connected to the internet. Yeah. That is 90% of games. You know what games don't require internet connection? Indie games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some do, but most of them. So, so there's, a, there's examples to everything. I get that. Yeah, but it's just... Um, Almost every first-party or third-party AAA game requires an internet connection. Now, Sony can get away with saying theirs don't because stuff like Spider-Man and God of War and, you know, those games don't require... I get that. I do. But your Destiny, your Call of Duty, your Mortal Kombat, your fucking Madden uses the internet. And, I mean, then you get stuff like Bloodstained where you need to have an Yeah, that copy that you bought physically... You go play that copy that you bought physically, it's fucked. No. Alright. I'm moving on. Uh, so, it's, it's, um, I mean, just to kind of wrap up my opinion, it's just like, the, this is the same sort of attitude that I, and I'm only bringing up because I mentioned on Twitter and then I was told that I found to be annoying too. Um, the, the same thing, like, Twin Sweeney, like, get your head out of your asshole, you know? Like, you can't just blame other like his. He's got the different. He's he's the he's the person in behind that's doing shitty things and justifying it because he can. And he's going well. Steam's the real issue. I'm only doing this to compete, but he's choosing not to do a better product um, and just being an asshole about how he runs his store. And like you, you pay for your poor decision. Your competition benefits from them. So just try to make better decisions. Like yep. if, if Microsoft didn't fuck up, Sony's platform for that year would have been nothing. They'd, they'd have had the same thing. Set. They'd have had the same thing. Yeah. Because like so, Sony Sony benefited from the fact that they made it clear you could use games and that we'd be cheaper. And if all Microsoft had to do was keep their mouth shut and choose to sell the console for a little less. Which is what and they did, but it was, it was afterwards, so it didn't matter. Right, right. So it's just, it's, yeah, don't, yeah, don't blame your competition for your failures because all they're doing is working off of it, not causing it. They're yep. not, you know, giving you the Tonya Harding special. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's your obscure reference for the day. Yeah, I like making it a lot. I feel like it's very accurate. Let's uh, let's do some tweets before we get out of here. Uh, Mookie wants to know, I'm keen to know the thoughts from Anthony about the differences between roguelite and roguelike on the next podcast. And inputs from the rest of the crew, all, all one of us, is also welcome. Side note, I still love playing Dead Cells and Slay the Spire, but... 
So, yeah, um, I probably botched and used these terms kind of interchangeably. I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. I really know the difference between like rogue light seems like there's things that carry so, over. So, so yeah, to some extent, but I, I can tell you the actual difference. So, a rogue, a rogue like is a game that plays like Rogue. So, and and, and to, to explain Rogue, it is a randomly generated game, yes. But you, it is a dungeon crawler, so you kind of move tile by tile. And remember, Rogue, this frame one, I guess, remember, anybody that's ever seen a video of Rogue, it kind of doesn't have a graphical interface. It's all ASCII characters. And now it's, there's graphical versions and stuff. But uh, if you've ever played the Mystery Dungeon games, which uh, there's the Pokemon, there's Shire and the Wanderer, um, God, there's a ton of them that are based off of the Mystery Dungeon formula. Those are rogue-likes. The levels are randomly generated. There's there's different enemies to fight. You move around. Um, that is a rogue-like. A rogue light is technically anything that takes certain elements from rogue, so usually random general uh, uh, run based. Uh, so, you know, I play a game, I die, and then I respawn as a different. Like, there's a permanent death, so I don't get to continue where I'm from. Uh, rogue lights usually also offer some sort of constant progression. Um, so. Uh, you know, like, oh, you upgraded enough. So Rogue Legacy is a pretty good example of what is a rogue light. Um, Binding of Isaac is a rogue light. Uh, these are all games... Like, Binding of Isaac is probably one of the best examples of rogue light because it has sort of the same setup to some extent as rogue, but it's an action game. It has a... There's certain things you unlock. Every run is... Like, there's a permadeath. Uh, unless you have certain items that are randomly generated within the level, but what ends up happening is you you die, and then you don't ever see that sort of setup again. Uh, you will play that same sort of floor and same sort of area, but that setup is done. It's been randomly generated. You might run into it again, but it won't be in the same uh, continuous level of like or continuous um, stream of levels. So like the level after it will follow again. Um, uh, you know, technically, to some extent, Minecraft could be considered a rogue light if you do a permadeath mode. Um, rogue light is generally a game that's built around sort of the we are making rogue, but it is now this instead of we are making rogue and we are in, which is a rogue light, a light, I should say. Terms are too close together, but um, I. I I use the term rogue-like because it's just generally the term people use and most people don't know the difference between it, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, most games that we play that are considered rogue-likes are actually just rogue-lights. Um, I think uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer is probably something that's like blurs the line between the two. But there's the difference. Uh, no one cares. I just... This next question is a little easier. It's from Brock. It says, what is your favorite game of the year so far? Bonus question. Cats or dogs? Favorite game of the year so far is definitely... Um, I've gone over it before, but for anybody that may have not heard it, 
unfortunately I talk a lot, so I probably buried it with my own words. And you just zoned out. Um, Resident Evil 2 is the first first game that I can say I fully enjoyed that is a survival horror game. Like it, it explained to me why people like those that genre of games. I never fully engaged with them. It's not to say I didn't like, but like this was something different. This opened my eyes, um, and even on its own accord, it's an amazing title. It looks spectacular. Shooting a zombie and seeing guts fall out of it. I mean, that's so bizarre because you just don't see stuff like that. You don't see like um, a one-to-one sort of response. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably my favorite game of the year. And then it followed up quickly with uh, Devil May Cry 5. The game everybody forgot. Cap- Sorry? The game everybody forgot came out this year. Oh man, I didn't. That game was so good. Uh, it probably helps that I have the theme song Devil Trigger on my Spotify playlist. That's a, I love that game. That was fantastic. It took everything I liked about Devil May Cry, except for like one aspect that was only in the first game, and uh, just combined it, and I'm like, oh, this is great. So cats or dogs? Dogs. Alright. My answers are a lot shorter and easier. Mortal Kombat 11. I mean, pfft, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and cats. I'm a cat. I'm a cat dog. <laughs> no, I've always preferred cats. You know why? Because they don't give cough from the back of the the comedy lounge on that they, one. They don't. They don't, <laughs> they don't give a shit. That's why. There's some good cats out there. I like my friend has a cat who's awesome, and I love it. And uh, it's like the first cat I liked, but it just most of the cats just don't care. And I'm like, no. That's why I like them. I, I see dogs, and I'm like, I just want to pet that dog. I have a cat that is basically a dog. I'm not even kidding. He acts like a dog. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've had cats my whole life, and I've never seen one act like this. He's, he's just weird. He's like an attention whore. He comes and runs and greets you when you come home. He drinks from the toilet. He's constantly making noise and getting wound up and running through the house. He's a weird cat. Our other cat is very much a cat. She's quiet and she sleeps all day. <laughs> she don't want nothing to do with you. Um, he did give his. He says Zanky Zero is his game of the year so far and cats. So uh, Jay was talking highly about that game too. So I, I, yeah, because that's I believe the one that was made by the Dangan. Yeah, the Dangan Rampa. I don't know how to pronounce it. I only read it. You know, the only reason that, that that name of that game sticks in my head is because it reminds me of a Beastie Boys song. Um, I'm trying to think of what song Shake that is. Your Rump. Because I can say the word to that to the beat because they go, Shake Your Rump. You just go, Dan uh, Gan Rump. Got it. Okay. Just there trying you to go. figure out how you're connecting that to Beastie Boys. <laughs> You could connect You're the only podcast that links Japanese anime games <laughs> to one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy says I finally played through the campaign of Titanfall Two. That was a blast. Now about Good fi- man. Yeah, that's a great campaign. Now about five hours into AC Odyssey. Wow, this game really feels like The Witcher. Games are rad. Yes, they are. 
Oh, Brock also says, by the way, your answers to his question are is now your legal name. So your legal name is Resident Evil 2 Dog. <laughs> Can I have it like... Uh, I'm going to shorten it to uh, RE2 uh, and then like like the actual number 2 and then a hyphen and then dog is D-A-U, or D-A-W-G. RE2 Dog. Yeah. Oh. Um. Blue Apple Blue says, "Did Drew drop from the race?" Hashtag Drew for president. He did. He didn't have time for the debates. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see him up there with all the other politicians. Just going, <laughs> I don't care about any of them. DGF man or DGS. Don't give a shit. Uh, he'd be up there like posting some some weird videos from Lively or something, <laughs> showing other candidates who show their disgust on their face. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Mookie says, and I'm sad Wombat is not here for this. He says, I was watching Evan- Evangelion last night. Remembered about how Ken and Ryan sound as a sad Evangelion. Yeah, Ryan does oh, the cowardly man, lion. As a not the cowardly, he does uh, the the preacher lion, the evangelion. Yeah, I wish he was here to do that. He'll be back it next week. Me, it took me. It, it, I, <laughs> I I remember when I figured out what he why he and oh my god, evangelion. Yeah, great. It's the evangelion because because Gambus Khan used to correct us and say it was called Evan, evangelion, not evangelion. Oh no. Just like he used to, he used to correct us for for manga was manga and anime was anime. We used to joke about that, like you were a wasp or something. Like I have to go home and watch my my anime and read my manga and watch a little Evangeline. <laughs> I can't roll my R's, so I would try. I can't even. I wanted to do so badly if I had the talent. I wanted to create an animated short of the Evangeline and have Ryan voice it. It'd have been beautiful. Uh, last tweet comes in from Real Shogun Beats. He has two parts. Says I need a video games now more than ever. Election 2020. I don't want to hashtag it, but you guys get it. I just need a way to disconnect. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have to like. You don't have to deal with it. You're not down here, but you, you, I, I, so I'm gonna just. I know. I live in Canada, everybody. I know some of you. Um, people when they say like, don't get involved, like it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. You can't say your opinion online. Fuck them, because the whole world has to hear about the fucking U.S. election for a goddamn year and a half. Of course you do, because we have probably. I don't think it's any secret the worst president, the worst sitting president we've ever had. No, I'm not even taught. Even if it wasn't him, but, I, but listen, the, I he's it. the reason why this election is such a big deal because somebody's got to beat him. Right. I, I and I I understand that. Um, this, but but I'm talking based off of purely past. Like I, I'm just I'm not addressing the current state of of the dumpster fire that is the, the American government. Um, <laughs> and I only say that I don't even I'm not even mocking the president. I'm mocking purely the fact that he cannot keep anybody in office. Um, they all seem to want to leave. Um, no one wants to work the full term um, with him. Anyways, um, 
No, even before he became president, like uh, when when the election running up to that, Ugh. it's a year and a half, which I can't believe it's that long. I'm so sorry for everybody that was in the states because I understand it is. I get a at least a border of that becomes a filter, right? Like it's kind of like smoking a cigarette. It's still bad for you, but at least I have the filter at the end of it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that when I when I get it. Like yeah, it's I still don't want to deal with it but like it i'm not seeing all of it i don't have to engage with all of it but when the u.s when people from the u.s particularly people that don't like your opinion is usually how it works um go like you're not even american so why are you commenting on it like every every country in the world probably has to deal with the u.s election and i get it it's because of where the u.s stands in the world but oh my god just in in permeates like a really bad shit in a room without a fan like Mm -hmm. it just like you walk in go fuck somebody was just in here and like it's bad and it's just everything and you're like i really wish i didn't have to deal with it but um yeah so anybody that says like you're not americans you can't have an opinion on it don't fucking make the world deal with your bullshit and Suddenly, we won't have an opinion on it because I don't give a shit what happens in like countries in Africa. It doesn't concern me, you know. Like po- po- uh, political issues in Africa, like I don't, I don't have to deal with that. That that doesn't flood everything, right? Like it doesn't flood media because even video games reference. I mean, big part of Wolfenstein 2's campaign was some of the stuff happening in the States politically. No, nah, really? So, I didn't notice. Yeah, well, I mean, they fucking <laughs> advertise that son of a bitch using only that. Um, it, you know, so, like, it, it, it's weird that it permeates in everything. So, yeah, like, I talk about it, but I, I don't talk about it on the show. Like, my opinion doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things on it, but... Yeah, I stay out anything, of. I but, stay out of most of it. I don't. I don't. But wanna... it's just it's it's that 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 kills me. It's just the amount that, that how much, how far it spreads. So I totally get just zoning out and dealing with fucking ancient fucking beings that have some shards connected to them or the fight for the earth realm or whatever. <laughs> I get totally understand. Uh, the, he also says Swamp Thing is really good, violent, but good. Uh, I think they're about halfway through that now. Sorry? Swamp Thing. Yeah, well, they're halfway through it, and then it's done. Yeah, but that's when I'll watch it, is when it's done, because I, I did the same thing with Doom Patrol, which, by the way, if you have not watched that, go watch that, it's so good! Yeah, I still need to finish, uh, Titans, I just don't watch Titans it. Titans is so good, too, like, games. I want, I want... DC to keep making more shows because these shows are so good. I really want them to bring their fucking service to Canada. Yeah, that service is good. I guess uh, Justice was it Young Justice? His season two starts up this week. They brought that back. I've never watched Young Justice, so I don't know. Uh, a lot of people said it's good to me. I, I don't know. It was kind of hard to get into. Canceled Teen Titans. It's like I can't get emotionally invested. I'm waiting for a couple of the DC Universe movies to hit. DC Universe. I want to watch Batman versus the Ninja Turtles, and uh, there was another one recently, wasn't there? Yes, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I still need to watch Constantine. I haven't watched that one either. The animated one? Yeah, I bought it on Vudu a while back. Yes, 
All right. Did you watch the Constantine show? No, I did not. That's on there, right. though. You need to watch that because you're probably not going to get the same amount of enjoyment out of it. Because the big the big draw with the that animated Constantine is the fact that it. I mean, Constantine was canceled, and they they bring him back to play the role of Constantine. Well, they brought and him like, back in Arrow too. Well, he was in Arrow originally. Oh, did he show up again? In yeah, Arrow? They, he showed up again later. He he wants to play that character. Like that's the thing. Like he he's very good at the character, and he wants to play it. So they bring him back, and now is the big kind of push for that Constantine movie. It's not related to the series, but um, that was a big part of the enjoyment of that animated movie for me was just being able to hear him play that character again because that is the voice I hear when I think of John Constantine. It's kind of funny because the, the the one I hear is Keanu Reeves because of the movie. Yeah, that'll change. I mean, they Americanized John Constantine in that and like the show was more accurate to the original and man, it just, he's... Who did Keanu his Reeves voice is in, very stoic. Who did his voice in Dark? Was that him as well? Yeah. Okay, because I like Dark. Dark was a fun... Yeah, he that's him as well. Um, and the voice of Lara, the um, Camilla Luddington, the voice of Lara Croft, Tana. Oh, she was Zatanna? Yeah, and she's originally English, but she does an American accent. Like, I didn't know who it was at first. I'm like, that voice sounds somewhat familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to watch Swamp Thing. Like, I've always been interested, even back to the old Heather Locklear movie from the, the late 80s, early wow. 90s, I think is when that was. Like, that was my first exposure to Swamp Thing, because I, I didn't know it was a comic book back then. Because back then, I was just mainstream comic books. Batman, Superman, you know, X-Men, stuff like that. Was that, that would have been, was that before or after Alan Moore did his run? That's kind of... Oh, God, I don't remember. I just remember that movie being dumb 80 shit. Yeah, so I think that's before Alan Moore took on... Uh... Swamp Thing, because honestly, I've heard that, like, don't bother reading Swamp Thing before Alan Moore writes. Yeah, I'm interested in this show. Like, I'd heard good things about it. It is produced by um, James Wan. So, oh. that's interesting. Yeah, and I've heard it's a pretty good horror. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is something that Swamp Thing, that, that original movie was not, but he is in the comics and in the animated stuff, so. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I excited to watch it, but like all those shows, I don't like the weekly thing. I need to rewatch Stranger Things, too, because that new series starts on Wednesday? Or is it Thursday? Is it actually on July 4th that it drops? It might be July 4th that it drops. And I just talked it up because I was curious to know what order it came in. Yeah, so 1982 is when the Wes Craven film came out. Wes Craven did that? Apparently. Holy crap! Yeah, and then, uh, so that's when they had it. And they started off with somebody else, but that's when the, uh, second volume of Swamp Thing, which is basically like their second re, their, their reboot of it, and eventually Alan Moore took over then. And that's apparently where, if you've played any, if you've played, um, Injustice, mm-hmm. um, this is anybody out there, obviously you have, because, do it really? It's you think video. I played Injustice? Yeah. I might have played it for a couple hours. I don't um, but uh, that's the, the, the Swamp Thing is based off of the Alan Moore rendition in that. So, all right, they still publish those books. Like that's how popular that is. So, 
There you go. There is the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, some more people will join us because I, I, you know, I like having more people on the show. I like, I like the fact that I don't feel like I have to fill time. I mean, <laughs> even though these shows that you and I are doing alone are over two hours every time. I'm sorry. Well, that's just it, right? Like I feel bad. <laughs> Ramble on and lose a point. <laughs> Um, I mean, what's interesting, everybody, is that eventually did he exactly break, and you'll just hear the descent into madness as you listen to the episodes in chronological order. It's like a it's like a serial podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully, people will be on the show. Um, Fucking better be. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to I'm about to smack some people around. Be like, yeah, get on the show, man. But uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Anthony's at NTRSKT. I'm at ZTGD. You can follow the site at ZTGD content. Drew's back this week, so you guys are going to finish Duke. Yeah, we should be. Phoenix down, finishing Duke. Is yeah. everybody starting Bound for Blood? Is that what it's called? Bound for Blood? Bound by Flame. Bound by Flame, sorry. Bound is another one of those game names like Alder that too many people use. And I guess There's literally a game that's just called Bound. <laughs> Isn't there a movie called Bound? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's some rebound, bound by flame. Bound, eastbound, down, loaded up and trucking. We gonna get out of here and not do no more podcast. Bye. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.